Okay, yeah. Oh, yo, yo, yo. Hey. Hey. Uh, you are listening to the Now You're Playing With Podcast, the podcast. That's and right. Boom. And we are going to go over all of the Nintendo Power magazines from beginning to end, one at a time. From 1988 until 2012. 2012. I think it was before and after my time. Uh, well, that was, wasn't 2012 supposed to be the end of the world? Uh, yes. So, so it was, it kind of was, it, <laughs> in a way, I would say. For, for people like us, yeah, the world definitely ended in 2012. It was all downhill from there. I'd say since 2012, it's pretty much been a black blur. Yeah. Uh, and I am Brett Sheriff. I'm a writer in Los Angeles. I like video games, and I'm excited to be talking about them with my buddy Weston. Hey, I'm Weston Lee. I'm also a writer in Los Angeles. I like video games, and uh, honestly, it's time, 2012 now, it's fine. I'm having a great time. <laughs> you should say, okay, so uh, to, to provide some context, you know, Nintendo Power started in 1988. Um, that was actually before I got into Nintendo Power, but I am an elder millennial, so I received Nintendo Power on a monthly basis for like three years or something in there. Yeah, I, I never had Nintendo Power. I was a big Nintendo boy, though. I'm a, I'm a, I guess I'd be the other end of the millennial. I'm a 25-year-old, so I think I'm just barely a so millennial. Is that... Is it um, a young, a childlike think, millennial? Yeah, it's like I think if you type that in there, like just barely, you just you just barely got it. Zennial. <laughs> yeah, and so I, I've never like subscribed to any magazine or anything, but I really like Nintendo games, so I feel like most games, uh, and I also like weird stuff, and I feel like this is both Nintendo games and just really strange, yeah, uh, weird stuff in a magazine. So, so here's why. Okay, this first issue. I find really intriguing because there aren't really, at this point in time, and I think it was because of the video game crash, there actually weren't a lot of video game magazines in the U.S. Tons Mm -hmm. in the U.K., tons in France, I guess, tons in Japan, but not really any U.S. magazines. So was Nintendo Power um, specifically uh, a United States? Like, was it, is there not Nintendo Power in Japan it's not like a translated magazines. Like I, I guess I don't know how magazines work, or or do, or, do, or do you know? Like uh, you put me on the spot here. I actually do not. <laughs> I'm gonna just throw like really tough questions. <laughs> I do know. Okay, so here's what I know about Nintendo Power in that era, and that is they had a free newsletter they were doing a few times a year called the Nintendo Fun Club. Hey, that's fun. Uh, and this is a continuation of that because they got to the point where it's like, we are sending out too many Nintendo Fun Club newsletters. This is costing us a fortune. Mm-hmm. And in Nintendo of America, I, I think they did have a magazine in Japan. I guess we, now we have to go look it up and put it in the next issue, uh, the next episode. Because there are Japanese editors and artists in the credits. But, okay. But yeah, what they did in the U.S. is they're like, what we need to do is start charging people for this free newsletter. So they just sent <laughs> 600,000 issues of Nintendo Power, this first one, for free. Everyone who got the Fun Club newsletter got an issue of Nintendo Power. So it's actually really easy to find this first issue. Oh, really? Yeah. And then, yeah. For yeah, it's like, it's like that rare like Yu-Gi-Oh card you'd get with cereal where it's, it was cool, but everyone has one. It's not rare because everybody ate <laughs> yeah. that cereal and got that card. Did they really put Yu-Gi-Oh? I, I think I'm thinking of Pokemon. There was like a rare Mew. Okay. That it came in a cereal. I got from a cereal box. Which cereal? Um, I don't know. I don't remember what cereal. I think I was more focused on the Pokemon card. All right. So this is fucked up because here's the deal. I was too young for Nintendo cereals in the '80s, 
And apparently I was too old for Nintendo cereal well, in the aughts. No, it for sure wasn't a, a Nintendo cereal. It was like a cereal holding hands with Nintendo. It was like Honey Nut Cheerios, but there's a Pokemon card inside. But I still didn't... What do I care? I didn't even play Pokemon, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not crazy about Pokemon. The cover. But yeah, should we go over what... Maybe a little table of contents here. Like, on the top of the magazine, they say there's the three big things, which is Super Mario Bros. 2 is in this issue. Right. Zelda, Second Quest. There's an in-depth review. They have a baseball roundup. Wait, I think the... Can't, can't wait to talk about that baseball roundup. <laughs> first step is, uh, first magazine of Nintendo baseball. Power. The third biggest thing is their baseball roundup. What does that even mean? <laughs> Anyways. Uh, <laughs> and then you get a poster inside, unless you bought this at newsstands. Then you get, uh, it's like a map or something. Oh, cool. Okay, well, I'm down to just... Well, we should talk about the cover really quick. Okay, yeah, let's go over it. This is important because this is the era before Photoshop, so they were literally taking photographs of actual things, and there's some pretty wild live-action Nintendo Power covers coming up, but this one, this really is iconic. It is a claymation-style illustration. That's not an illustration. It's a photograph because it's made of clay of Super Mario Bros. 2 Mario, palette-swapped Mario... He's got a blue hat instead of a red one. And I would say even bigger than that is behind him is not Bowser, but Wart. Yes. <laughs> the, like, Bowser knockoff who's just, like, a crocodile? He, yeah, I don't, he's not, I think he's left over from, so Super Mario Brothers 2 was a reskin of another game called Doki Doki Panic. Okay. So I don't know if he was in that version. There's certainly... That would make sense. I feel like um, the, the, the geniuses that made Mario could probably do better than Wart. I mean, he's just, he just wears like a vest, no shirt, a big medallion. It's a really, it's a really good medallion, let's be honest. He, is he King Wart? I guess he would be King Wart. I don't know. I don't Bowser's not a king. He's just a guy. Is he? Well, I mean, he owns a castle. I honestly, I think... More of like a warlord. <laughs> Bowser's a warlord. Yeah, I feel. I mean, I honestly thought that was original Bowser at first. I was confused. I thought like, I'm like, did Bowser like look go through like 20 renditions and just constantly look different? But it's not Bowser. It's just a guy named Wart. No, he's yeah, he's, he's, he's like you said, he's knockoff Bowser. It's uh, hey, fun fact about Super Mario Brothers two, when you hit the bosses in it, they scream. They scream human screams. Oh really? I just replayed the first level. <laughs> <laughs> Throw an egg at Birdo. Birdo's like, ah, yeah, tracks. Yeah, I think it's a pretty cool poster, to be honest. Uh, yeah, these these are the the claymation things are, are uh, I don't know what to call those the dioramas that were Nintendo covers. Yeah, I feel like I've always got like a soft spot and love for little little tiny dioramas and stuff and claymation. So like I always dig this stuff. This is a great time to. I'm apparently the the historian of the podcast so far. Uh, Stefan Reese run is this guy that collects as much of this original artwork from old Nintendo powers as he can. And he runs like an Instagram and a Twitter and a YouTube called the art of Nintendo power. And he has, I I haven't seen anything on his feed from this cover specifically, but he has other claymation Mario's from other covers done in this style. Like he actually has the legitimate claymation Mario. Like, yeah, he has, he has like the actual, that guy's a lunatic. Uh, It's amazing. I just saw he did an episode of Retronauts. He, he's kind of, it seems that he's become like the de facto like art, collector. collector of art stuff. He also has a lot of game counselor jackets, just <laughs> <laughs> trying to collect them all. Cool. Well, I'm down to dive in. You ready to open up this magazine? Oh, yeah. Is it? 
All right, well, the first thing we have is the welcome note. Right? It's because this is the first issue. Yeah. I, I, I don't feel anything towards them. <laughs> we don't got to talk about it. Just three, like, nice-looking kids hanging out. It is important. I mean, th- these are gameplay counselors, right? Oh, so, are they? So this is the start. If, if it didn't start in the fun club, this is the start of kids everywhere being obsessed with game counselors, where it's like these, these gurus that just they live in that place called Seattle. And they, they have to, uh, they got to be, just they rule at games because I need help sometimes and I call them. Would it cost money? It, it been, I believe it became a 900 number by the so time I is, was calling them. Okay, yeah. So I had to get like the okay from the parents. Because it was going to cost like five bucks or whatever to yeah, call Yeah, I feel them. like if I was a parent at that point, I'd just be like, okay, I, like, I'll just figure it out. Like, don't fucking call, don't call this number. I'll just like, give me the game. I'll, I'll do it for you. <laughs> You don't get any more Nintendo tapes until you beat this one, (laughs) and you can't call them for help. Yeah, that's true. Like, okay, I'm going to spend five bucks to make you want a new video game sooner. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's... I mean, to be honest, though, this era, like, these games were full of, uh, let's call them uh, bullshit tricks. Like, there's a lot of really obtuse... Like, you you said you played Legend of Zelda. We should talk... yeah, well, I, I'd say let's save any Zelda talk for the Zelda portion. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's some bullshit in that game. Yeah. It's no, it's no Castlevania 2. It's, it's no Shadowgate. Deja vu. <laughs> but no, I'm with, I had a Nintendo 2 growing up. Uh, and, like, I feel like as a kid, I would just play a game and some shit like that would happen. And then I would just stop playing. I would just stop playing it and yeah. switch to my 64. Uh, all right, but let's keep moving on. All let's, right. Uh, let's cut our own bullshit. Um enough of that let's go to the table of content it just kind of looks like a diner menu yep uh very like old school and the first like game we get to is super mario bros 2 okay. and i guess the thing about this magazine and the way it works is like every time you get to a game they show the game and it's just like i don't know it's just like a couple pages of the first like four levels and they just tell you how to beat it. Yeah. You always get like the first third to half of the game. And here's the weird thing about doing a podcast about Nintendo power magazine specifically, because other games magazines didn't do these deep dive level walkthroughs as much, but like in Nintendo power, anytime a game is covered, it really is just a ton of coverage of the game mechanics uh, you know, like Super Mario Brothers 2, it's all of the jump heights of the characters is different. And then something, this was the first game I owned for Nintendo outside of the pack-in games, right? Okay. Uh, speak to age myself. Uh, <laughs> this is like <laughs> 90, 91 where I got Mario 2. It was right before Mario Brothers 3 came out. And I knew about the jump height stuff because Luigi has that uh, floaty, floaty jump, Toad's got a short jump, Princess can hover, Mario's normal. Yes. But I didn't know when they were holding stuff, their jumps changed. So I guess I was bad at the game then, and I'm still bad at it. Yeah, there's, by just, there's how I, things went it is, hours ago. Like it is interesting, like with like this time where like with a game, uh, you really don't like. <clears throat> I remember I played Donkey Kong Country, mm-hmm. uh, like with a buddy recently, and we were like, "This game's the hardest thing ever," and it is a hard game. It like it's not the easiest game ever, but. The hard thing was, I didn't know that you, if you rolled and then held the button and ran, then your character starts running. Right. Uh, and so every jump was so fucking tricky. It was just like I had, it had to be pixel perfect. And I just feel like with old games like these, it's so weird that you could miss 
uh, a pretty crucial part of the game without knowing. Like, got to read that instruction manual or this issue of Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, Nintendo you Power have to be subscribed magazine. to a magazine to understand like just the basics of a game. Like, they just I, I don't know if it's like earlier, more prehistoric game design, but they just I don't think they understood how to teach you mechanics in game. That's that is something. All of it was uh, uh, ludic in nature. It's like, I mean, the, f- the very first part of Super Mario Brothers teaches you how to play Super Mario Brothers. Uh, that that first series of question blocks, blocks and that first Goomba. Totally, yeah, and like, but there, I, there's not really in the game like a let's uh, learn how to play my game. It's well, 1984. My guess is the Mario Bros is like the like. Uh, both Mario and we'll get into Zelda. Like I feel like are really just they were better than any other game at the time. I don't I don't know if that people share that opinion, but it just seems like it. Because like yeah. this was a different studio. This wasn't the top tier Nintendo people making a game. This is Super Mario. It was just some other game that got Mario pasted onto it, and it's probably frankly just not as good of it. Like it doesn't have people who were really thinking that in depth at this point. Like because I'm guessing very few games. Because like most games I play just didn't have those like strange tutorials, and I feel like most games just didn't tell you how to play it right away yeah you, you had to kind of figure it out and if they didn't put a lot of thought into i mean there, there's a whole bunch of games for the nintendo that i remember just finally getting a chance to rent or something and i just had no idea what was going on like wizardry yes solomon's key it's like what the hell is going on in this game yeah it is weird like that's especially the fantasy if you if you're in a castle <laughs> you are so screwed. Wizards and Warriors, I remember being really obtuse. Yeah, I've, I've got a long memory of like just playing. Yeah, I agree. Specifically, castle games. If you start in a castle, you're done. You have no idea. You just run in like four rooms, and like you somehow buy a potion, and then you just stop playing. That's a ca- Mickey Mouse: The Castle of Illusion. <laughs> Another game that makes no sense. But, I, you know, I would say Super Mario Bros. 2 probably makes more sense than those games. But. The, the game is good. It's just the jump mechanics are so different from what I'm used to that I, you just don't know. I just don't know how to play it anymore. Like, I'd have to sit down and learn to play Mario 2 again to not die constantly. Yeah, and what I do actually like about these games is, like, I like seeing, like, weird, like, unpolished versions of games that are... Like, nowadays, if a Mario game comes out, it's going to be, like, super polished and, like, clean. And they're, like... I feel like they're so particular about the decisions they make like every decision seems like it's going through like 80 filters Mm -hmm. you know like it's like i feel like mario's gloves probably goes through like 20 people just being like uh yeah i feel like those gloves we might want to make it a little people like it when um you can see his knuckles right that looks better if you can see his knuckles exactly and like uh back then i just feel like like the fact that there could be the main boss is this weird toad guy named wart Mm -hmm. who never pops up again like i just like this these like weird See Almost not in like, Smash. Yeah, I would. That would probably be the biggest surprise. Like Put people Wart in Smash. People are talking about how surprising it is for like, like I feel like if Wart popped up in Smash, that'd be more surprising than if like Frodo did. Like, is, is he like, like an item? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Wart would be the most surprising character to add to Smash Bros. Uh, yeah. So so these features, it's just like photographs. Or sometimes the, these used to be illustrated in the early days, like the official player's guide. It's like literally illustrated maps for like Legend of Zelda, which is crazy. Yeah, they're honestly like it's, it's a bummer that we're a podcast because you can't really see it, uh, which is the issue, which I guess would just be to go through it. But it's really cool to see these like maps that like when you play the game, you know, you're just literally getting like a box at a time, mm-hmm. you know, and it's really cool seeing it, like seeing the maps super zoomed out. So they're showing you 
every single screen you go in and go through, but zoomed out as if it's like a big location in like a game you would see nowadays. Yeah, you can see like the whole level at once and the characters there over and over because they're literally taking Polaroids and are, I guess, regular photos and developing them and stitching them together yes. into this layout. And as a kid reading the magazine, what was cool about these is you would not play a game, but you would kind of get into the story of playing the game or imagine playing the game through these features. And yes. so I have like vivid memories of what it would be like to play the Flintstones game on NES. I definitely never owned it and never played it, but like that was in one of the issues and I can see it in my mind's eye right now. Oh, wow. So there's like a whole other version of a game, which is the, the kid who read Nintendo Power and imagined what the game would be like. And then... Of course, yeah. I'd get the real game, and I'd be like, oh, this is nothing like how it was in my, my totally. brain. Yeah, like, it's almost like, because I, I, I must have had a Nintendo Power at some point or a magazine like it, because I do remember this stuff. And it kind of feels like, you know, when you're like, did you ever play Tony Hawk Pro Skater? Oh, yeah. And you just, like, you're in the car, and you're seeing hills, and you're just picturing yourself being Tony Hawk. Like, I could grind rally. on that. Yeah, you just I could launch off that ramp. You're, like, you're just in your imagination playing a video game. Like, I feel like when you play Tony Hawk, you don't leave Tony Hawk when you stop playing it, because... When you're looking around, you're just picturing yourself grinding on everything. And that's kind of how to, you're like playing a video game in your imagination when you see these. Right. Because like you see this map and I, I kind of like I kind of feel like I'd understand what it would be like to run through this map. And you just kind of place your own rules onto it and kind of just do it in your head. And it's kind of fun. Like yeah, as I'm, a kid, I remember seeing stuff like this. And just I'm like, mentally training for the experience of maybe playing this game one day. <laughs> But, it, like, it is its own stimulating thing. Like, I, I just feel like as a kid, I could look at this for, like, honestly, 20 minutes and get, and get fun out of it. To, to finish this out, yeah, I, I wanted to talk about this because it's, it's going to be pretty boring if we're just describing. It's like, yeah, and then there's a secret room. And then yeah. whoever was taking the pictures got hit here because they, they, they're missing a hit point. It's, it looks cool. You're missing out. I, 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 sorry, listener. That's... <laughs> Yeah, sorry, listener. <laughs> sorry, listener. Hey, Mario's wearing a cowboy outfit on one of these pages. He does not have a cowboy power-up in this game. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, it's also, like, the fan art is so just loosey-goosey with this stuff. It almost feels like just anyone, like, it just felt like they were like, hey, my cousin Jerry, uh, like, drawing stuff. Let's give it to him. Jerry likes clowns. He, he wants to do a layout for the magazine. <laughs> Are there any clowns in Super Mario Brothers 2? No. I feel like someone who was like making this and was like, I kind of like cowboys and I like Mario. Let's put Mario in a cowboy outfit. And like they were able to do it. And, and all serious. Okay. So to be fair, that was probably from the instruction manual. So the instruction manual probably also lying to, uh, lying to us. Oh, but there's like the track photo in the middle. So, so there is a, a two page track and field thing that looks like an advertisement for a Mario track and field game. Mario and Sonic at the uh, the Olympic Games, but <laughs> this is to that. this is their attempt to show people the different uh, features of the characters, and also it looks like Warts over there and he's throwing javelins and he's bad at it. Yeah, I feel like Wart being a javelin thrower makes sense. That's kind of sick, actually. He, I he's not, but when you fight him, he's in a room with an organ that shoots uh, items at you, like oh, the, really? the pipes of an organ, like a musical organ. So it has nothing to do, again, with the game. But at least well, he, he's a character that's in the game, unlike the clown at the top of every page of this feature. There's, <laughs> there's a clown illustration that's like, oh, World 1-3. It's like, that's not... There are no clowns in Mario 2. I'm really... I'm not 100% certain about that there might be a clown. We're, we're going to feel like total idiots. 
when someone's like, I want to be you corrected. Know, you don't know about the secret clown <laughs> level? This is one of the first games I ever beat. Oh, really? Yeah, I used to game Genie. I was also wondering, you know how I cheated. with the track and field photo, you said they're kind of showing off their abilities. And I, I feel like they're showing Mario running fast. Do you think that's like because of Sonic? Do you think they're like trying <laughs> to like be like, hey, Mario's fast? This predates Sonic, though, right? Oh, this it? is 88, and Sonic's like, there is a hedgehog in this picture, and he's kinda not looks running. Like, he kind of looks like Sonic, too. Maybe they gave them the idea. <laughs> Kalinsky saw this and was like, you know what we need is a, is a hedgehog. That's a good point. Yeah, okay. So I guess this is the seed for Sonic. It's the other way around. I mean, I don't hate the clown. It looks kind of nice. I don't um, like the clown. Yeah. There is, okay, there is clowns. There are, there are a clown in Super Mario World. Because Bowser rides yeah, in, in, in the clown thing. Clown. Yeah. Um, uh, the the just... guys that chase you when you pick up the keys in this game can go to hell. They're, they're like the angry son from Super Mario Bros. 3. They just follow you forever. Yeah, how do you, do, how do you deal with that in games? Like tension levels? get hit a lot like, until you die. Or what was the level in Mario, the first Mario, where like, the guy's throwing spike shells the whole oh, level? Oh, yeah. It just dresses me out. Yeah, that's uh, turn the game off and go play something else. Until you like actually decide... like. When you're a little bit older, you're like, all right, I'm going to figure this out. And then it's really rewarding. But like. When I was young, that first uh, pit in Super Mario Brothers, afraid to jump over it. (laughs) My friend had to do it for me. (laughs) Then later that day, uh, we were on the playground and I somehow got stuck upside down on these monkey bars and a guy in a karate gi rescued me. And his grandkids were like, that's our grandpa. We call him Ninja Grandpa. (laughs) (laughs) Terrified, terrified of that first pit. All right. Well, you ready to move on to Zelda's second quest? Yeah. Specifically, second quest. We're not talking about the first one. It's because the game's the been out like... One's, this the second like, one's better. This game came out like three years before this magazine did. So, if anything, this magazine is stacked because it has like years of Nintendo games to fall back on. Do you think there's a level of... Like, did people know about second quest? Was that like kind of a secret? Or do you I'm, think if you played this game, uh, does it like not like flow you into the second quest or is that like uh, you have to like type in something special to- in the credits when you finish it we should know this we both said we beat this game yeah <laughs> yeah it's like 16 <laughs> yeah this this was like uh 25 years ago for me that i beat legend of zelda to borrow on my friend's nintendo tape is that a brag to say you beat legend of zelda i think it's cool yeah i think it's like it's it's not like it feels like just like a small level of like I was willing to waste a lot of time. <laughs> it's it's not yeah, it's but but that's this game is in the fact that this game is in the magazine and ranked where it is in the rankings later and stuff like that, I think is evidence to just what a big deal Zelda was even then. So I, I think it's it's a cool flex to be like I beat the original Legend yeah. of Zelda. But yeah, what they're showing off here though is like they're not even we're not even talking about the first quest. There's a second quest in Zelda. So I guess if for context, if you don't know, it's like... Which your is, heart is nails. You go play the second quest where people have extra attacks. Which I think was kind of ahead of its time, too. It's like, this is kind of like a New Game Plus scenario a little bit. Like, if you beat the game, um, you can replay the whole game. Everything's at different... Like, everything's different. Like, the dungeons are in different spots, I believe. Yeah. Or at least you access them through, like, different means and, like enemies are tougher and like it's already kind of a tough game and they like it's like the hard mode of the game once you beat it uh and for the being one of the first like kind of game games to come out like i just feel like reasons like this is why it's the first video game that's not pong 
Like, I feel like it's like Zelda and Mario were the first video games that, like, kind of elevated the the genre a little bit. Like, it kind of was like, oh, no, these things are freaking sick. And this is also, to your point, Zelda, Metroid, and Kid Icarus were the first console-focused games that Nintendo, is it R&D, is there into uh, internal development studios worked on? So these are the first, you know, Super Mario Brothers was an arcade game. I did not, I did not know that was originally it, that. It is, uh, it was originally an arcade game. It's great on console, but you can beat it in, you know, an hour or something like that. Yeah, it's very arcade format. Where, yeah, this is different because this is also, was this the first game you could save? Yeah, it's one of the first that had, so Metroid, Metroid was on the disc system in Japan, right? So maybe it had disc saves, but it was passwords here. Well, no, I, if I remember, Zelda actually I think Zelda had, was the first battery back. Yeah, Zelda had a battery. It wasn't a password. You literally had a battery in the system that uh, would track your saves. And, like, it eventually dies, and then you lose your save. But Yep. You uh, throw the cartridge away and buy another. <laughs> so, yeah, does that mean there's no Zeldas left? You can replace the battery. It just resets everything when you do it. Okay. Because, like, I know that we had Zelda at one point, then we didn't. And I'm like, did the battery just die, and they think it broke, and then they threw it away? I, I don't know. Oh, no, don't throw away your... I don't know, yeah. Like, don't throw I, away your Nintendo tapes! <laughs> I just, like, I know we had one at some point, and it just disappeared. I wonder if that's what happened. I just want to point out that I'm saying Nintendo tapes as a joke. <laughs> I am not 50. I'm not 50 years old. I know uh, they're not tapes. Uh, from my point of view, of someone who's not super, like, wasn't, like, growing up with this, I thought maybe that was the right term, Nintendo tapes. <laughs> it's just like, like uh, aunts and uncles. You gotta go play your Nintendo tapes. Yeah, I mean Zelda's awesome. I like. I, I feel like this is like I played it when I was like sixteen, so quite a bit after it came out, and I still had a fun time doing it. Like it's just the exploring and like slowly upgrading your guys. It, it, it's a good game. It's. I think it still works. Like I could see you brushing up against it because it wastes your time, especially with second quest. It'll be like, oh, you didn't know the bush in the back left corner of oh this my entire God. map. You had to throw a bomb and then a boomerang at it. Yeah, <laughs> like they weren't necessarily <laughs> puzzles at, especially at the second quest. Point. they weren't puzzles they weren't giving you hints at all really. it's just like you, you had to know that this wall yeah was the correct wall to hit it's it's just almost i didn't hate with the first one but I, i'm sure the second quest is like impossible like it's just it seems more just like trial and error this is okay this is the thing is this era of games this kind of guide was necessary you had to have it uh, for the second quest especially, like, I, did you, for the first time you beat it, did you use a guide? I was Map City, baby. Oh, really? Oh, I, I had did... the official Nintendo Player's Guide. I had okay. those illustrated maps, like, end to end. Although this magazine would have done the trick, too, because this has all that stuff in it. I, I, actually, I beat through it without a guide and just wasted a ton of time. Oh, what? I knew, like, but the thing is, I think I had the advantage of knowing, like, okay, there's going to be some stupid stuff in this. Uh, if I can't find a, if I can't find some stairs, I might need to just burn every fucking every bush in the, in the world. There's not that many bushes, but, but I'm, gonna have to, I'm gonna have to burn every single one. And so I think I, I had a little bit of context going into it, but no, I didn't use a guide, and it probably like, but it was kind of fun doing that. Like it just felt like, it literally almost felt like like grinding in RuneScape. Like it just like felt like I was putting in my time right. and slowly building myself up. You gotta do that fetch quest 10,000 times to level yeah. up because I, I can't go into that new area area because that guy killed me and all my stuff is there so I have to kill 1,200 rats Which like, it's going to take me 8 hours that's like and like nowadays I don't think I have the like the time or patience for those kind uh-huh. of things but uh, there is a satisfaction that's kind of video games boiled to the basics it's just kind of slow burning just being like hey the more 
minutes and hours you put into this, the stronger you get. And that feels good. Uh, there, there is one important thing that we also need to discuss here, and that's that this is a poster. Centerfold. This oh, map is a poster yeah. on the back of this poster. Giant baseball stuff. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. the baseball roundup is on the back of this poster. Cause it's an and honest- Batman is also, there's a bat signal in the sky at the bottom of this poster. Bats, because baseball, baseball bats. <laughs> Get it? Little Batman action. Um, Batman was a big deal in the 80s. I, I do want to maybe, t- this is a cool, like, I, I think I, like, saw this map somewhere once. Like, this is, if we talk about, like, playing a video game in your imagination, like, mm-hmm. I feel like if you just give a kid this map, maybe not nowadays because they have better stuff than this. I just feel like even when I was, like, younger, like, five or six, if you just handed me this map, I would just, like, drool over it for hours. Yeah, this is definitely another instance of the I can play the game in paper form. I can play in paper form right now. Totally, yeah. By just it's, imagining. It really feels like getting a map in, a, like, a fantasy book you're reading or something, like Lord yeah, of the it's... Rings and getting excited and just, like, looking at the map for a long time. It feels on par with that. Totally, totally. So yeah, yeah. When I first got this, I thought the first poster was the baseball thing. Like I, I flipped to the baseball before the map, and I'm like, that would be so funny if the very first Nintendo Power magazine was just a baseball poster. That would have <laughs> been just the biggest misfire of all time. Okay, well let's move on to the next one. Let's go to the baseball roundup. This is one of the worst magazine features I've ever seen. <laughs> I say that with love, Nintendo Power magazine team. All right, Brett, I have a question for you. What's up? Can you tell me any specific features about any of these games without looking? Because we read the magazine. We've read through the magazine already. Yes. Can you tell these games apart at all? Oh, I, I, yeah, I fully did not know these were different games. It's three different games. I did not know that. I thought it was the same game. No. I mean, it is, it's the same sport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the... Yeah, well, I just like I saw these first couple pages, and they were just so boring that I just flipped through them really quickly and assumed I just I assumed these more interesting looking pages were the same game. One thing that is important, I love their little coach illustrations, like the guy with the nose and the eyes and the little SF. Yeah, that's SF. like when I started paying attention. It was like they kind of, I mean, it's kind of like it feels like the Three Stooges action going on. It's just a lot of people bonking each other on the head. Yeah, so so for for our listener, uh, this is a this is three. Three NES games about baseball. Three baseball games. Bases loaded, official Major League Baseball, and RBI Baseball. One of these has the cartoonishly bad names that went around the internet a while ago. Doug McNutt and like, just like, you know, a Japanese developer attempt, you know, a designer, a programmer attempting to come up with American sounding names. <laughs> it's where we got a sleeve McDykel. Oh man, and, that's uh, fun. Yeah. So I can't remember which one it is though, because... The magazine doesn't differentiate these games at all. Some of these have actual players. Anyways, it's very confusing. I don't understand what the logic was here, except that they're like, I don't know, we have three baseballs? Well, it's also, like, interesting that, like, one thing I'm curious about is, like, just different phases and, like, just, like, watching the different, like, trends of video games in general. Mm-hmm. Like, is this a time where there's a lot of, like, sports games? Because I, I, I noticed a lot of sports coverage and this and this issue is that, like, are people buying sports game at sports games at this point? Is that like a big thing? I want to say through the entire history of games, at least from the NES on, 
sports games are a big deal. They still are. Baseball is not. There's only a couple of baseball yeah. games right now. I feel like they've fallen apart. Like, I feel like sports games nowadays, and maybe it was the same then. It was just people who didn't really like video games, and that was kind of their end a little bit. Yeah, they play. You know, like nowadays, it's or especially like ten years ago, it's. Yeah, I play I play Halo or Call of Duty, and I yeah. play I play uh, uh, Madden Madden but, every year. Totally. Well, like I feel like I knew a lot of people who just like was like would be like I like baseball, so I played the baseball video game. And I'm it's just, excuse like, not, me, I'm a baseball gamer. Like just not going super deep. Like outside, no. Yeah, I guess it's like it's just like oh, if unless a video game is something that I'm already interested in, I'm not in. Like I just can't handle that. Okay, here's what I want to say about baseball games. I remember at least one of these games. No, this baseball simulator 1000. There might have been a Nintendo version. I think this is a yeah. game. This baseball game with superpowers. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah, so that was really good. I mean, the weird thing is, like, base, like sports games all, like, they're not bad. They're not bad games. Like, even the new ones that come out now are still, like, well-rated games. I just haven't, I'm like, why would I, why would I, if I'm playing a video game, why would I play a sport? That. Unless there's superpowers or if I get to be Mario. There was a sports game I enjoyed playing. What was it? Let's move on. <laughs> no, there's definitely... Uh, what sports game do I like playing? I promise there's a real game that I play that I enjoy. I Actually, I liked um, uh, Wayne Gretzky Hockey. I play that with my friends a lot. This is a bad time to draw a blank, because now it just sounds like I'm lying. Like, oh, yeah, I, I totally play sports. Which ones? <laughs> just silence. Yeah, I mean, like, I'll play a real sport. It's just like a sports video game. I'm just like, why, like it's, that's not why I'm here. Maybe, which is probably wrong. I mean, they could be great games, and like I've had fun playing. Like honestly, like I prefer these older sports games where like the rules are kind of bent and weird. All of these uh, these these red squares are trying to get to the other side of the uh, football pitch. Yeah, like I don't know, they're fun. I am. You do you have anything else on baseball? I just I just remembered. Uh, I. The sport that I remember playing was a real sport, and that was soccer. I enjoyed playing soccer for a little while. <laughs> You're just thinking about soccer? Yep. Uh, that, I guess that was it. I guess it wasn't games at all. You mentioned superpowers. Did you, did you have such an ego that you thought you, like, were, a, you were a super-powered man on, yeah, the, on the field for I, soccer? I did. I thought I was, I was king shit, and um, I uh, didn't wear shin pads, and then I <laughs> kicked shins with another guy. This is in high school, and now I have a chip in my shin still. Oh, really? Yeah, so I, I, that was a humbling moment. Wow, I would honestly, I'm glad you didn't play with me, because I kind of like, you know how you weren't supposed to just kick at people's shins? You're not? Yeah, you're not supposed to do that, apparently. What? Yeah, I would do that. I would just, like, if someone got near me, I'm like, if I just kick the shit out of their shins, they, I'll get the ball. That's the only way I'm going to get it. I'm not, I don't have any skill here. I was being facetious. I mean, I know not to hurt other people intentionally in games, unless you're a professional <laughs> Uh, you think if you're a professional prof- soccer player? If you're a professional, you're allowed to. Yeah, you, if you're a professional soccer player, you are one supposed to hurt the other players, and two <laughs> supposed to appear way more hurt than you are. <laughs> Especially if you're not part of the men's national team. If you're if you're like one of the other global teams, not in the U.S. The U.S. players don't take dives. Uh, do, do you watch sports? No. <laughs> the baseball. Maybe this whole portion was trying to get gamers into sports. Maybe it was like a reverse thing. My, okay, so my theory behind that feature, because it's so, the way that it lays out the, um, the different segments, did we explain what it's doing? So on each page, new at this podcast, bear with us, listener. So on each page, it shows pictures from all three games in these different boxes, and then we'll just kind of try to differentiate them. But every page has pictures from three different games on it. And it's like, this is what it's like to bat in this game. 
and it all blends together, and they're not in the same place every time. So, you know, bases loaded will be in a completely different area. They at least keep the background color the same. It's almost like if Nintendo was like, we got to juice baseball sales and only one of these games are selling. So maybe if we confuse people, it'll even out and make the other games sell. Oh, so it's like almost like a scattershot. They're like, they're almost like all working as a unit, just being like, hey guys, baseball games exist. If you own one baseball game, what if you owned the others? Well, I mean, that's a big thing too, is like, I feel like as a kid, I never knew like what I was buying. Like I bought the wrong Bomberman. There was like a specific Bomberman I got, I wanted. When I was a kid, and I just bought, I constantly bought the wrong Bomberman. <laughs> I, just, I just didn't know the difference. It was like, apparently it's called, apparently it's the worst one too, but I wanted Bomberman Hero. Uh-huh. Um, but I just bought like two Bombermans, and they were both not the right Bomberman. Did you keep like, buying Bomberman Axe Zero, the dark and gritty Bomberman reboot they did in like <laughs> yeah, 2006? I did, but uh, my dad did buy me that. It was... <laughs> Was uh, it good? No, it was terrible. But right. I was just like, for some reason, I just globbed onto Bomberman. But no, no Bomberman this issue. We, we let's you you want to move on to the counselor corner? Yeah, we should. Um, why is Nestor featured on the count? He's not a game counselor. <laughs> we'll get into Howard and Nestor later. It's just they Howard and Nestor. Uh, Nestor is a kind of the mascot of this of, of this magazine. Would you say he is a a uppity little uh, illustrated boy with uh like spiky he's he's got a carrot top he just pops up whenever you don't want him like he's just there's howard and nestor and it's kind of they're kind of like that really stupid like like if a, if you watched like a lame corporate video and there was like perfect tony and lame lester yeah it's don't it's do like, what donnie don't does yeah like yeah. you'll see one guy just trip on a banana peel and it's like uh don't look out for banana peels in the office and then it cuts to the perfect guy with like a suit being like Oh, like he just yep. kind of judges the other guy. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, should we just here? Do do we want to talk about counselors' corner briefly? I mean, I don't think we need to go through all the tips here. Uh, but. I actually do want to. I want to bring up a secret code uh, that you could type into a game that might take half this podcast to say the code. Which code? Okay, so in order for this game called I, some something warrior, to Akari get warrior, Akari to, warriors, yeah, to get. To access stage select, they're like, hey, you just have to type in a code. And that code is, you have to, you have to input up, down, A, A, B. Wait, can you slow down? I want to write this down. Left, right. Okay. A, B. Up, A. Okay. Down, right, right. Left. Okay. All right. B, up. Left, A. Left, left, A. Okay. Right, B. Right, B. Left, right. Left, right. Is this a joke? Nope. A, left. Okay. Up A. Up A. Down A. Down. Right, left. (laughs) Right, left. A. A. Start. Start. That's it. It didn't do anything. Isn't it? It didn't work. (laughs) What? How am I? (laughs) Isn't that ridiculous? Oh, that's for the stage select. Okay, yeah. Okay, that is ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. Is that the world's longest code? Can you imagine getting one thing wrong? Like... It must have taken 30 minutes to get to that stage select every time. This is pretty savage. This is like uh, some of those uh, uh, pa- uh, passwords, like continue passwords, where it's just like 16 digits and you can put ASCII characters in. So it's just a string. It looks like a Bitcoin address. I never did. I would just like, because I was at, I grew up at a time where like I had access to save files. Like that was new to me. So if there was ever a game with a password that's that long, I'd just be like, I'm not playing it anymore. I'm done. 
This is a, a privileged video game youth that you could just <laughs> afford to like not play the bad games that you got fed up with. <laughs> uh, one thing, okay, so I got to say, Counselor's Corner will, will definitely be important soon because this is supposedly, these answers are given by gameplay counselors who are um, heroes and titans of the 80s and 90s. Uh, I cannot wait to when we get to, uh, we start seeing like the letter jacket glamour shot photos of the yes. game counselors because they are to a man, like these people that worked at Nintendo and in this era, all mullets, all mullets all day. Totally. And like a big thing is mustaches like a, and mullets. A lot of like what this is, right? Is like kids will sign, will, will send in their questions. They're like, how do you defeat this boss? Yeah. And then they, their job is to send like a little tutorial back. Uh, whether it's a, a half a page long code to get the secret stage select or like uh, literally like for one of these, this guy like, <laughs> like the level of difficulty of these questions like ranges a lot. Like one guy had to like scrap together this super complex map for Metroid. Yeah, he literally is just the whole map of where all the guns are in Metroid. Totally. All like, the, so he like beams. created, like it must have taken so much work. He just created this huge, huge map. Saying, hey, go here, go here, go here. This is what you have to do with text saying, like, just follow these, like, perfect instructions. Like, that guy must have, that must have been, like, a weak project where, like, another guy got asked, like, what does this power-up do? And their guy's like, well, it makes you stronger. There, there is one, there is one I want to call out here, uh, and that is the Kid Icarus question. No matter what I do, I cannot beat Hugh Draw, which I guess is a boss in Kid Icarus. Please give me some advice. And the answer is, Hugh Draw's weak point is his head. Try this strategy. First, jump above his head, avoiding his fiery attack. Then wait a moment, study his moves carefully, go after his weak point for the win. Great. So basically the advice is it's like, I don't know, shoot him in the weak point. Yeah, I, like, I honestly hope uh, the good counselors stick around and the bad ones leave. It's like <laughs> a, a guy literally spent like a week creating a map where one guy's like, I don't know, get better at the game. Clarence, you, you did dirty by that kid. <laughs> He's having a hard time Clarence, with Kid Icarus. I hope you don't stick around. Yo, I, I got places to be. I can't. I can't help. I can't help every kid all the time. <laughs> there are limits. I do. I like. I'm interested. Like, it's fun. Like, I'm sure my guess would be this. Like, of the counselors, I bet there's a lot of people who are really into the job and like are really like wholesome people who are just like again like really excited to like help someone beat a game. And then I I feel like there's people like this guy who are probably going to show up more. Who just like it's a job for them still, and like it's yeah, like your problem, kids. You're just not you're just not hard enough. Totally you're not hard enough for kid Icarus. Like a guy, like a kid will ask a question, and he's like, "Well, I'm not getting paid enough for this, so I'm not going to go like give a good answer to this, you know." And like, which I guess isn't wrong, but like it's just like the guy. I, I feel like there's some people who don't care about this job. I, I feel like we might be reading into this too much, but I want it to be true that there was a culture of like, "Hey, man, it used to be about the games. What happened to you, <laughs> Clarence? What the fuck?" Like, this kid is, is like, hurting, man. I, I remember, so one of the times I, I called the game counselors, it was, uh, I was playing Deja Vu, which is, like, kind of a point-and-click adventure game. It's like Shadowgate. It's, a, like, a detective noir one. And I couldn't figure out how to open this door and get into this office. So I called them, and they're like, use your gun on the door. And it's like, oh, you want me to shoot the lock off? Oh. And I felt like an idiot, but they didn't judge. They were there to help. Yeah, they were nice. Clarence didn't take my call. And that's fair. Yeah, now we want to get into the um, the low point of this podcast, which is... Um, I, I, I wanted to be the one to say it was bad. Howard and Nestor. Howard and Nestor. Well, like, I also don't... like. Well, okay, so it starts off... Nintendo with, Power 
has comics in every issue. Yes. Sorry, what were you going to say? I, I was going to say, so the, the title for this comic book, because, uh, yeah, Howard and Esther are both icons that pop up uh, periodically. Uh, they'll just pop up when you don't want to. Like, they'll pop up secretly. Like, if it's, if it's a good game, they'll have the taste not to involve Howard and Nestor. But if it's not a great <laughs> game, like, honestly, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if we went back to those baseball things and we saw in the outfield just met uh, Nestor giving a thumbs up in the background. Get the hell out of here, Nestor. Yeah, you like, should be in school. The truant officer is going to come over again. They're like, where's Waldo? Where they just will pop up anywhere in this magazine yeah. whenever they please. Uh, and, and Howard is... So the Nintendo Fun Club, I bet it, we, we should do a special episode sometime where we go back through those. Maybe just do one episode for all of them. Because I think they did like six or so. Uh-huh. And he was the president, quote unquote, of the Nintendo Fun Club. And I believe he was also president of uh, Nintendo of America at the time. Oh. And he, I don't know though, he's really young. I should look that up. I'm gonna, just going to do a little. I hope he search. wasn't. I mean, from these comics, I do not. He's a jerk. Well, it's, this is fiction. This is not the actual, this is I, not a documentary, but Nestor's also I, not real. I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm. I don't – so here's the – I've drawn comics and I've read some comics in well, my time. I don't get – I don't get Nestor. I don't get him. He's, okay. he's precocious, I guess? Yeah. Okay. He's so bad again, at games and doesn't take advice. They're kind of icon – like uh, like mascots and they pop up. But they also get a devoted comic book every, every issue, right? They get a little like page. It's like a comic strip up there. Hmm. And like the Howard and Nestor logo makes no sense. It's just Howard and Nestor. But Nestor crossed out his own name. And then wrote on top of his name, Nestor again, spelled exactly the same. I like I don't <laughs> wait, now when you're describing it to me, I laugh at it. This sucks. Like <laughs> I can't do this. It, like it's not like he's he didn't like 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 do like a Captain Underpants like change the lettering to like say something like provocative or silly. Yeah, he didn't change he, it to read Bester. Yeah, like I'm he, the best at games. He yeah, he didn't write Bester, he just rewrote his name. I fixed your comic. Alright, uh it's a page of kind of Howard just being like, hey, have you considered how to be good at these games? And Nestor's like, uh, yeah, and then he sucks because he <laughs> didn't. Okay, okay, I have, I have the page open here. He was not president of Nintendo of America. He was more on the, the marketing side. Uh, they marketed him as the Game Master. I was so immersed in Nintendo's games and those of our competitors that I literally knew more about them than anyone else. So he really was like... Marketed as a resident expert. Howard, not Nestor. Nestor's uh, an idiot. Yeah, well, like, and it's like, back to Nestor crossing off his own name and then writing his name on top of it again. Look how, <laughs> look how cocky his, like, smile is. Like, there's a picture of him right next to it just, like, giving a smile, like, I got everyone. I think maybe the most important thing to take from this comic is he didn't learn anything. He's doing the same look in the last panel. And, like, uh, yeah, and I agree with Howard. It's like, I don't know, there's, there's you know... I'm reading too much into this, but there's like a propaganda aspect to it. Like anyone Explain. who, anyone, I mean, yeah, but <laughs> anyone who like, again, like I don't know whose decisions they are, and maybe they are. There's like good advertisement, but decide to decide that the mascot of your magazine is yourself uh-huh. and your persona in that magazine is you're perfect. I I don't know. Well, but I mean, it sounds like Howard was perfect. You think you're buying into the propaganda? Again, you got to remember, they had the game counselors where there's this culture of, like, these little kids that are like, wait, you mean, oh, you, you guys work there? You know, it's my uncle that works at Nintendo. It's, it's the thing where it's just like, 
oh my God, they must know everything. But you're applying that to Howard. You're, you're, you think, like, do you actually view Howard as, like, uh, like an icon? You're asking if I respect Howard Phillips? Yeah, do you respect Howard? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... So here... Okay, I think... Howard, I, I, Howard I, I Phillips... I think your little brain absorbed propaganda. <laughs> I mean, the whole magazine is an advertisement. It is, it, is a, it is a walled garden thing that just advertises Nintendo stuff. But, like... Here's what I want to say. Howard Phillips, before my time, I don't really have a strong opinion. I don't, I resent your accusation. (laughs) I think he might be the real deal. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel about Nestor? Nestor is an idiot. Here's, Here's what... I'll tell you what drives me insane about Nestor is he's like a concoction of Nintendo of America and they, they use, they have Nestor comics and certainly in the issues that I used to get in the nineties, uh-huh. I don't, I, I was certain that there is a NES game starring Nestor called Nestor's adventures. I wouldn't, that would make sense. That would track. I mean, I don't think it's real here. We're just, I'm just going to look this up on do you, Google. Do you think that was maybe like, again, your, your like child brain, like making something up? See, every time I go into Google and search for Nestor's adventures, it's Facebook pages for empty nesters, like adults, <laughs> you know, with, yeah. uh, parents with adult children who've moved out. Giant bomb would know. We're going to giant bomb. We're going to look it yeah, up. Yeah, Cause I could see there being like a, like H- Howard and Nestor, um, comic book where, um, he had a virtual boy game. Yeah. We're, Oh really? Nestor's funky bowling. I yeah, that's kind of cool. See, I I honestly uh, did they. Is it cool? Did they did they eventually drop Howard? Yeah, eventually. So at some point in the future, it becomes I think just Nestor's Adventures, and then the comic is a full page like kind of a pastiche where we're just going to do a few bits about a subject. Okay, yeah, I, I and those make more sense. I think what's weird to me is it's like, is the whole comic going to be this guy being like, "I know a lot about games," and Nestor's like, "I bet you don't actually you do. I haven't learned anything though." Uh, I'm going to stand by. I think this is propaganda for uh, for Howard. Uh, I'm I'm not. <laughs> He's still a consultant. Maybe he'll come on the podcast. <laughs> Howard, defend yourself. I want. Ne- yeah, Howard, if you're out there, um, we'd love you as a guest. Get in the inside. Figure out if we're right or wrong about these accusations. Um, I realize this might be a risk for your like professional persona. Uh, you should probably do it. Look, we're putting you on blast, Howard. <laughs> you got to defend this uh, this comic version of you from 1988 right now. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get Howard on as a guest. Um, that's that's a guarantee. We'll see about Nestor. Nestor is uh, not allowed on the. <laughs> I refuse to be on a podcast with this kid. <laughs> Okay, yeah. He's not even... Okay, so, like, bad boys, right? Like, oh, that kid's trouble. Yeah, he's going to start some fires. Like, he's not like that. He's just defiant and and uh, uh, totally, like... He's just not dangerous enough for me to respect totally. him. Totally. Well, that's... I mean, that's why I like him, is I'm, I'm just empathizing at how much of a loser he... <laughs> like, because, ne- like, for Nestor, like, I, I, I like Nestor. I feel... Because I feel bad for him. Because, like, the idea that someone could, like... Again, as we talked about earlier, cross out their own name and, and write their same name on top of that. Like, um, I just feel like I only feel like guilt towards that. You know, like how like a storytelling thing is the. First I know what he was doing. You know, the he's per- making his name bigger than Howard's. Oh, he's trying to big dog him. He's now big it, dog. Now it's not funny again. Okay. For a second there, there was like a postmodern like, why would you do that? <laughs> okay, you know what? 
Now I, I don't like Nestor anymore. Yeah, no, I, I'm telling you, Nestor would like make fun of the Dare program in school, but he would still narc on kids that he thought were smoking cigs, yeah. like behind the bleachers. Not even weed. He'd be like, I saw them smoking cigarettes. He would cave so fast. Yeah, and then he would also be smoking cigarette. Oh, yeah. he'd be duplicitous. Yeah, okay, I'm turning around on Nestor. Nestor blows. Uh, Who's the guy who betrayed Jesus in the Bible? <laughs> 30 pieces of silver, Nestor. <laughs> I've got my Howard and Nestor head- headache. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's take a break. Let's, we get a drink. We're going to get a drink. I, I, we've, we've, I've talked about Howard and Nestor so long that I, I literally need to drink. <laughs> Hey, you're listening to the Now You're Playing With Podcast, the podcast. Are you ready? This is the Beer Break, brought to you by Howard and Nestor. Hey, I'm Nestor. Um, glub up that beer, my friend. Here we go! Alright, you want to send me and Weston some emails? Oh, no. Yeah. Now you can. Now you can. Send them to mailbox at playing. Yeah. All right, let's get back to the guys. All right, we're live again. We're We're back. Ready to go. I never discuss Howard and Nestor again. Yeah, so we did do a little um, Howard and Nestor beer break. Um, Still. I think with my empty stomach, um, I'm I'm feeling the beer. I feel feel like Nestor right now. Did I just get you drunk? A little bit. (laughs) I feel like I I am what Nestor would be if he drank one beer, which is uh, a little drunker than he should be. All right. Yeah, Nestor's definitely lightweight. Howard, probably also a lightweight. (laughs) Yeah, I think Howard. Probably both lightweights. I think they're both lightweights. And I think we need to move on. We can't come back from the break in time. You think Nestor, like... (laughs) No, we got to stop. No, where do you think he lives now? Where does he work? <laughs> I want to know. I, I feel like is he, he married? Okay, here's where I'll. You know, and um, <laughs> we really should no, no, uh, no. no we'll, we'll, I'm kidding. Uh, we should move on. In Toy Story, you know the guy, the kid in Toy Story one, who's like, um, you saying he's a garbage messy. man now? Yeah, he's a gar. Yeah, so he's he, a garbage man now. He's going. He Nestor went through the same arc as the. Um, toy destroyer slash garbage man in the toy story saga that's that's definitely true more we're in the classified info section and this is like a spot where they like go over um this is like counselor's corner but like unsolicited like counselor's corner you go to the counselor and you say hey counselor i'm really stuck with this thing do you have a tip and they're like yeah man i got a code for you i got you bro and it's more yes more like hey um uh, here's a map. It's more like solving specific things. Where these are, it's kind this of this, 30, is, this thirty-two-year-old with a mullet's got yeah. your back. This one, that <laughs> thirty-two-year-old with a mullet, he comes to you. He, yes, and it's more cheat code. It's like cheat codes, pretty much. Yeah, it's like you, cheat codes and it's the cheat code and Easter egg. Portion. You're asleep in your race car bed. <laughs> everything's fine. Everything's good. And, here's, and you hear like, "Hey, hey, brother, get up! I got a tip for you. I got it. I got a code. Hey, in contra, do you know the man code? What's the What's the man code? You're terrified because this man's in your this this gameplay this, counselor. This, uh, he's got a, a mullet master. He's in a trench coat. He's wearing it over his Nintendo letter jacket. He's got a tattoo of Nestor on his like left breast. <laughs> he's not wearing a shirt under the jacket. <laughs> it's slightly open. Howard is on his right breast. You, Nestor is on his left. You can trust me, brother. He flashes the tat. And uh, yeah, he gives you cheat codes. And, like, I don't know. I, I miss cheat codes in games. 
They still exist. We just don't care. Is that is that is that like? Do yeah. they still are, like? Could you name it a, a, a game that has a cheat code in it? Abacab turns on the blood. Immortal Kombat. A B A C A B B. Oh, the, but that's one? like 1993. Uh, yeah, no, you can't spring up a current day example. No, modern well, day Mortal you could, Kombat. You could, you could still play. There's cheat codes, but in modern day Mortal Kombat, you go into the crypt, which is a first person maze thing, and you do enough challenges to get combat coins with a K. And yeah. you're able to buy cheat codes. I feel like the only games that continue to do them are games that are, like, appreciating the roots. Like, I think, uh, have you played the new Ratchet and Clank? Uh, actually, yeah, it's on my shelf. I'm guessing that would probably still have that, because that's part of their identity, is, like, having these, like, weird codes. Like, I just want, I wish every game has a code you could type in that makes everyone's head big. Yeah. Like, that's just fun. I think that, yeah, the angle now is is they want people... I feel like the philosophy of game design now is they want people to see all this stuff, so they make it a little easier to unlock it, where it's yeah. just like, as opposed to hiding it from you, they might push you towards the information more. Have you ever, do you know the game Frog Fractions? I love Frog Fractions. Oh, you really, you actually know that? Oh, yeah. Okay, because like that, yeah, I guess it is like the tough thing where it's like, it's like, I feel I mean, like... I haven't played it in eight years, so <laughs> don't quiz me on it. Oh, yeah, well, I, I just recently discovered it, and I played the sequel, which is like hidden in another game. Yeah, that's uh, the fairy tale. Yep. I could not... Anyways, what were you going to say? Oh, well, just like, I, I understand why developers wouldn't want to do it nowadays because it takes so much effort to do that. And like right. to be like, oh, I spent hours and hours making something. But I, I, I do... In like Frog Fractions, for example, is this game that's like very secretive. Like The only way to play a sequel is to buy this like really weird fairy sim building game. And if you get to the bottom you find Frog Fractions 2 and play it. And yeah. the game sold terribly. Like, you, you, like, Did secret. it really? I, I th- yeah. thought that they crowdfunded it and that gave them a built-in audience. Yeah, I don't. I watched an interview after I played it and the guy was just like, yeah, it's not selling well. It's not going well. And so, it, it literally sounded like he's going back to his day job. Oh, no. Yeah. And wait, like, but didn't he make like... Wait, Frog Fractions was free, wasn't it? Yes, Frog Fractions was free. Oh, no. What have we done? Hey, hey listener, um... Instead of explaining what Frog Fractions is, I'm just going to say, if you don't know, you should probably just go play Frog Fractions. Yeah, uh, yeah, I actually realize I'm making a mistake here. Uh, you don't describe Frog Fractions. You play Frog Fractions. Uh, go play Frog Fractions. But I just, yeah, I do think there's like a, it's not marketable or smart to be secretive. And like back in this day, people weren't doing that. Like they just didn't care or understand that fact. And like, I miss that. I miss there being secrets. That's a that's an interesting take. I I think that I totally hear what you're saying. Yeah, I think that you're you're right because they want they want people to experience stuff. I mean, the other thing is like back in the day, these games were like 512 kilobits, so they had to <laughs> they had to yeah. you know it's like we can't we can't have these kids beat these games too fast because then they're gonna finish you know totally. Je- Jeff Gersman, the games journalist, uh, I remember him telling a story on one of his podcasts, like the Giant bot- Bombcast or something, about going to CES maybe uh, back in the day like the Super Nintendo era and this rep guy you know the guy like in a tweed jacket this big guy is like hey hey kid stop and then he beat the game like right in front of the guy while he's talking to um, buying agents like purchasers at like Uh retailers he's like no kid don't (laughs) because then he just showed those people it's like oh man people are going to be pissed and want to return this because the kid is going to beat it in like a day yeah that's a good point because, like, also, I feel like a lot of parents are just like when they buy a kid a video game, they're hoping it it results in them like not screaming for a week. Mm-hmm. You get this, get this kid to leave me alone. <laughs> I didn't ask for this. 
Yeah, I, I, I do genuinely. Like, I mean, I would say Mortal Kombat was very conscious uh, about, like, really, like, playing the secret. Like, it, like, nowadays, they want you to discover it. But, like, the original ones, like, they were straight-up secrets. Like, yeah, it was like, oh, the only way to find this out was, like... Um, uh, it's, and it's almost even, like, predates these consoles. And I think, like, the fact that these exist in the consoles are more... It's about the arcade game uh, coming to consoles. Because, uh, like, I just feel like with, like, when you go to arcades, even this, like, it's the same with pinball machines and arcade games. But, like, I miss just secrets. I, mm-hmm. I miss, like, these really weird functions that nobody knows about. There's a really fantastic episode of How Did This Get Played? Ooh. The Earwolf po- podcast. Hey, hey, how did this get... Kid played host. You could come on our show if you want, <laughs> Heather. <laughs> yeah, and we're not we're not going to talk crap about you like Howard and uh, Nestor. So uh, yeah, yeah, no, we we like them. They probably also uh, don't trust Howard <laughs> and hate Nestor. Uh, so they did a Mortal Kombat episode, and if you want to hear more about how they like game tested those games, because apparently I, I think it was Heather and Campbell grew up in Chicago. Oh really? At one of the test arcades, so they would just stick a Mortal Kombat machine there, and watch kids and players play it to like mm-hmm. find them the fatalities and see how they were playing. So it was like a test market, which is that's interesting. It's wild. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Cause like, I wonder if it's because there's not as much community involved anymore. Cause like, I feel like it's almost the cool part was like, and I, I feel like there's like, even in this time with like, there being like these uh, counselors and stuff like that, like mm-hmm. it just felt bigger in a way where it felt like um, there's these secret people up, up in the top who know all the secrets to video games. And like, I don't know, there's like kind of this like mystique to video games that I don't think exists anymore because hmm. um, uh, it allowed for that mystery where you could like literally like present these people as like the game counselors. And I feel like if you went to an arcade, it'd be the guy working at the arcade who has the manual who knows if you click this button and this button, this arcade machine does this special thing. And like, I, it's like, I miss having like these like kind of like gatekeepers of secrets. Oh, what you're saying is that it feels bigger conceptually. Like there's more to explain. It's like the Legend of Zelda, where you're starting out. And there's yes, all this it's, and it's like stuff it's like to go find when a can't. book, uh, when a fantasy book has a lot of lore, and you're mm-hmm. like, it just suddenly feels bigger because you don't understand everything. I just played through the Demon Souls remake, and yeah. what I fell in love with about that game because I'd never gotten into a Souls game before is how subtle and under the surface yep. the storytelling is. But when you get into it, you're like, oh man, totally. So Check this out is like that dark with the, fantasy stuff, but the macro version of that, where right? Kind of feels like games in general like have this special mysterious like any game you play could have this secret behind it that you don't know about yeah and now i can download beta roms of nes games that archivists collected totally yeah and like throw them onto my uh it's now it's like there's a community of the internet who will find out every little secret and you could very easily find that and if it doesn't if no one finds that then it's a bummer right for the developer because then nobody in the world found it it is cool to have the access to knowledge that we do now. Yeah, it, it's bittersweet, I think, in a way. It's probably better now, maybe, but, like, I don't know. I just, like, it's, like, as things change, you lose some cool things. You gain some cool things, but you lose. I think there's part of the... We were talking about this over the break, about how internet mysteries never pan out in a satisfying way. It's always like, oh, somebody made it up on 4chan. Yeah. I think that that is... Maybe there's a part of the human psyche that needs that kind of unknowable... T- totally. quality t- to things where it's just like there, there's a lot of things that I can't understand and the internet's kind of removing that. Totally. And I'd actually say good games do that. Like, again, as you said, I like, guess the reason people like, I mean, there's more reasons, but I feel like a reason people like the Souls-like games is 
from that standpoint of the, the, the like the subtle secret storytelling going on. And and that's definitely if those games didn't have stories, I would not play them because they are so hard. Oh, do, are you on the, the camp? One. Like, are you literally getting good at the game to just experience the story, or or do you enjoy the aspect of uh, perfecting a game? How dare you make me think? Uh, the, I I think in the case of Demon Souls, it did feel good to learn to play the game well, and then because yeah. I, I went through it again after I finished it because I played as a magic user because that's the easy mode. Okay, because you're just slinging bolts at guys from across the room. You don't really need to get great at dodging at first. Whereas you know if you're playing as a knight, you know, like a hand to hand combat guy, mm-hmm. especially if you're wielding a slower weapon, you have to get the timing perfect. Yeah, but by the end of that playthrough, I was like. Yo, I think I can do the night. And then, yeah, so it was satisfying to go back through it. And okay, so you kind of enjoyed both. Like, it was like, it kind of started, you were doing this to do the story, and it became, you enjoyed it. Yeah, and then I, w- I went back and beat, you know, Carl Finland, all, all the different bosses. I beat them hand-to-hand, and I was like, yeah, I know what I, yeah. <laughs> and actually, funny that we're talking about this, because there's now, as we mentioned, that we aren't these guys who necessarily love just the immediate challenge. We have a bunch of games in a row that we did not say we have anything to talk about, and they're all notoriously <laughs> like just hard games. Or all, I mean, all old games are like that. Is Double Dragon tough? Because our next game is Double Dragon. Is that yeah? Is that a tough game? Yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah, I, I don't know. I always have a hard time whenever I play these old school like NES beat 'em up games, whether it's Double Dragon or like Street Street Puncher. I, I don't know. That's, Street uh, Street Puncher is great. Street Puncher three thousand. I beat um, that game. I, I always just say, like, all right, I'm going to go through the first two levels. There might be, like, a cool tank you can jump into and just, like, destroy people for, like, 10 seconds. And then then I'm just not going to get past that point. Right. I went back and played a little Double Dragon. It is on the Nintendo... What's the name of their sur- the subscri- uh, subscription Nintendo service? Online. I, don't, I don't know. It might be Nintendo Online. Yeah, so Double Dragon and Double Dragon 2 are both on that. And if you want to play one, I'm just going to say play Double Dragon 2. I think they, this is a... Uh, the pompadours are bigger. The hair is bigger. <laughs> the animation is better. Characters move faster. I would actually say an interesting, like, like, I feel like with these games we're looking at right now, like Zelda, Double Dragon, it's like, they're currently like all like super early versions of a concept, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because we're early in this era of games. And so like Double Dragon 2 would have not been great if they like... Uh, decided to throw all the con like i feel like sequels were two things either they perfected the con- the original concept mm-hmm. such as double dragon 2 but like a game like super mario bros 2 which happened was they were like oh here's that concept let's throw that all out the door and try to do something different or like zelda 2 and yeah. those were all kind of just they didn't work because again they were like okay let's establish a new concept from the ground up. yeah notice they they don't really do that kind of sequel anymore yeah and like i don't think there's anything wrong with that but i feel like just at this time since, since games are so rudimentary like whenever a sequel to a game was like all right and double dragon what was fun about it what was good how do we actually improve that those you, sequels were always you get great. a chain and hit people with the chain totally like any time very slowly up ladders anytime the they like for treated the first game as a first draft and then decided yeah. their second game is the second draft to that. It was always the right move, I feel like. Gauntlet is the same thing. A Gauntlet is an arcade game, you know, but it's got this kind of top-down horde mode thing that is very reminiscent of a Diablo with uh, fewer RPG elements. I like Gauntlet. I, I was pretty into Gauntlet. I, I also would like to what say, did I say about that... It? Gauntlet is fun. That's the, what I wrote. The elf named... His name is Quester? Nope. <laughs> the elf's name is Quester. Hey, I, I want to point something out. Uh, if you go to page 71 here, it's like part of the gauntlet top of the page. Look in the upper right. There's just like a man in a fedora. 
So your characters that you can play as are like Valkyrie or Amazon Lady. You can play as Conan. You can play as what appears to be God or Moses, which I guess is the wizard. And you can play as uh, Dick Turbin, Private Eye, or like whatever. Yeah, no, I would also want to point out the guy you're talking about, the guy with the um, fedora, is Quester the Elf. Oh, he's the elf. <laughs> also is, notice... Quester the Elf. Okay, so first of all, the way his hair's did, the way his hair got did in this illustration... So okay, so they cut off the back of his hat, so you can't tell it's not a fedora. Fair it enough. It looks like a fedora. It looks like a fedora. Also, I mean, the way his hair a, swept it back, is, it is a fedora. He looks like a 1940s man, 1940s businessman, and um, it doesn't help. There's a full illustration at the bottom of the page. He's got a pot belly. This guy's like 47. What is he doing on this adventure? He really doesn't look anything like an elf. Like there's, he's just a man. Yeah. He's just a man with a pot belly. He doesn't even have a pointed ear. He's just a guy. He's just a guy with a How pot belly you... and a fedora, and his name's Quester. Quester, what are you doing here? That's not your real name. What's your real name? Is it Stephen? Okay, here's John. The, my actual guess on this is the guy because I feel like what we've talked about and what we're noticing is like a lot of fan, like a lot of art seems to be very like disjointed from the process of it. Like it just seems like someone like got way too much freedom. Mm-hmm. I feel like the guy who drew this picture we're looking at right now of the four main characters just was never told that this character is an elf. <laughs> I think he just knows this character has a bow and arrow. I need you to draw a man that would work in a toll booth. <laughs> I need you to give me your best uh, mattress salesman from like 1951. <laughs> he was in the war and it was rough, but he made it out with all his limbs. He's not super happy with how quiet things are. Give that man a bow. Give him a bow. Uh, no, he's kind of... He, his clothes look like he's wearing a jumpsuit, so maybe he's some kind of... Uh, he's, like a, he's a blue-collar worker. He's a repairman. He looks like a blue-collar... Like, he looks like... Um, I mean, he kind of looks like a jerk, to be honest. Like, I feel like uh, when you think of an elf, you think of kind of more of a feminine figure. But they went the opposite. Rock and like, this is a pretty, like... This guy's like, out of shape. This guy is for sure a guy who is not in touch with his, emo- with his emotions. <laughs> <laughs> this guy could run a 10-minute mile in 1947. That was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. This just- guy is going to deny your mortgage because he doesn't like your attitude. Yeah, I mean, he does. He just looks like someone who's going to rip you off. And he looks like, in one picture, and I, I don't think this is actually meant to be, but it kind of looks like he has a goatee in his top right photo. Like, he's got his fedora, and, like, it, it's just clearly, like, a part of the sky is, like, blue, but it just looks like a goatee a little bit. Oh, see I see. That? You're looking at his collar. That's yeah. the collar of his, uh, oh. his jumpsuit. <laughs> Who wears a fedora with a jumpsuit? <laughs> and a bow. Yeah, all right. Anyway, that- Gauntlet's good. You should try it. Mm-hmm. Yo, we should talk about Contra briefly. Yeah, let's talk about Contra. Contra is a great game. (laughs) I've never played Contra, and it feels like a game I should play. Contra is dope as shit, man. Um, Do that extra man's live. It's hard. Like, do you think extra man's code to get more lives there? Yeah, we actually had that. That was in the cheat code section. They go over like the classic uh, uh, Konami code, right? It's like it's like a famous cheat code that is used in a lot of games, and this is the first one. Are you ready for more? I've got history. Uh, This illustration from the box art. So Konami had had an era of box art. I don't know if it was just the U.S. versions of the games or if it was in Japan also. But they just copied American action heroes. Yeah, it looks like Rambo, right? Yeah, it's Rambo and Schwarzenegger in uh, Commando. (laughs) And I don't know much about this game, but literally in the background, it looks like straight up Alien. 
Like yep. it looks, it's yeah. identical to Alien. You are three for three. That is that is the the marketing pitch for this game. What if Aliens, but Rambo and whatever his do you think Arnold's uh, character was in Commando? Do you think you could get away with this stuff anymore? Like, do you think you could just like like do you, would this would they get sued if they tried this nowadays? Didn't this just come up with when The Last of Us One came out? Everyone was like, "Yo, Ellie looks an awful lot like Ellen Page." Or now Elliot Page. Oh, really? Sorry, yeah, Elliot Page. They uh, that was that was a thing at the time, and they, I think they had to change the character's model slightly to make her less, look less like a like famous actor. actress. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So like, yeah, I feel like, I mean, like, I guess if another country came out, I'm sure they would have to slightly tweak all these character designs to look a little bit less like the clear things they're ripping off. This, I mean, this is pretty egregious. The Metal Gear box art had, I mean, the guy looks just like Michael Bean like, from Aliens. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's exactly like him. Or uh, Kyle Reese in The Terminator. Uh, I think we need to, before, we got to brace ourselves for the next one. Oh, yeah. I, I had this game. The Wheel of Fortune. I was a big fan of Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune game. I, I'm more talking about Howard and Nestor. Oh, he's back. In the bottom right corner. Damn you, Nestor. Uh, and, He's losing, though. And they've got a little bit. Howard has $2,500 from, from the Wheel of Fortune game, and Nestor is minus 1000 Yep. Just really playing up. Uh, uh, they would be playing... This would be Jeopardy, though, right? Because it's easier to go into the negatives in Jeopardy. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, so is this like multiple games? Yeah, it was like a... Is this a multi-pack or one thing? Always- I remember playing Wheel of Fortune. I don't remember playing Jeopardy, because that's not... If you're like five, that's not really for you. No. I mean, even Wheel of Fortune. What is like, the Taj Mahal? I don't know. I'm five. I mean, I feel like whenever in a game is Texas. just like so not for anyone who's reading this magazine, they just throw Howard and Esther in there. And my gonna, I'm going to say that they probably... You totally nailed it. They're like, is that, we got to gin up a reason for the youngs to care about this game. Yeah. And, like, and to be honest... I feel like Howard Nestor's only tank sales. I mean, they stick around, <laughs> so maybe I'm wrong. But I feel like they're just an omen of death. I mean, they're in this issue, and this issue launched Nintendo Power as a magazine and thus gave us a functioning U.S. market for games magazines. So yeah. do you think that was in spite of Howard and Nestor? I don't know. Yeah, they're... I, yeah, the next page. I'm ready to move on. Let's see. We got video shorts... I, I haven't played here, any right? of these games until you get down to Metal Gear, Bionic Commando. Again, totally stacked. Bionic Commando is a great game. Yeah, I haven't played. I li- literally have not played any of these. I mean, Nintendo, I've played only the, 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 main, the mains. I'm sure I played like Gunsmoke once, but it's not. Yeah, and actually, I feel like I probably have played some of these, but I for- have forgotten. Like, we have a Nintendo, and like, I played a lot of like weird pinball games. The next is the Pack Watch, which you wanted to. To, to talk about. I actually yeah. don't understand what this is at all. So the most important thing, there's a couple of things here. One, uh, that Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is the first game here. Uh-huh. Terrible game. Oh, really? Yeah, so not. don't get excited about that one. An example of like bad licensing? It, yeah, it's just an atrociously, it's an atrociously bad game. It's just messy. It doesn't look especially great. Also, in this list, so there's quite a few things here, but we have a Gogo 13 game. Ooh. We have... We got some Platoon. We got a RoboCop game. That is three kind of R-rated properties yeah. coming out on this game system. Super wild. 
Just super wild. Like, what do they have to say about RoboCop? Just like Indiana Jones, RoboCop is a new game pack based on a movie. <laughs> Data East will soon be introducing this near-future science fiction adventure. The Nest characters are not quite as statuesque as in the movie. In fact, they look a whole lot friendlier. <laughs> oh, yeah, because like, these are really censored versions of those. Yeah, so, you know, RoboCop the movie, not for children. I haven't seen it. Oh, shit. Is it, is it pretty, like, are people getting melted? It, it's ex- it is extraordinarily violent. Did you ever see Starship Troopers? No, I'm not, pretty, I'm not super up to date on, like, old, like old classic. <gasps> How dare like, you? Like, old, shitty sci-fi. I mean, that, RoboCop's with... not shitty, but... No, those are both... They're, they're extremely violent action movies that are darkly satirical. So yeah. there's actually a lot more going on to them than just the movie. Yeah, I've always heard um, that they're... Uh, good. I mean, like people like them. So it's got to be for a reason. Uh, I mean, there's Zelda too, which is my. I love Marble Madness. Marble Madness is I, super good. I'm a big anything that involves a marble on a course. Monkey Ball, Marble Madness. They don't title it correctly, but Simon's Quest is Castlevania too. Oh, so that's that's a classic game. Life Force is a really good shooter. And are they just like saying are these, these are games that are coming out soon? Is that Keep this? your eye on these upcoming games, especially Indiana Jones: The Temple of Doom. See, if you went down this list in order, you would have so many opportunities to buy bad games before you got to Blaster Master. <laughs> 1943, when you you would have done, you would have been okay if you ended up with that one. That's a fun shooter, but like. Ugh. Yeah, I feel like I remember playing like a lot of just like ship games. Oh, dude. The games where you're playing shooting things. You're not going to believe this. If you turn to the uh, Player's Poll Contest. Player's Poll Contest. Uh-huh. Guess who that is on the page? Who? Howard Phillips. Really? That's Howard? That's the real guy. <laughs> oh, you look, yeah, honestly, I, okay, because I'm pretty like anti-Howard at this point. And Chester. I'm, I'm anti both of them. Um. He seems he's a lot. Howard and Chester, you dislike him. I like real Howard. He seems like a friendly, nice guy. He's a human being with feelings, and he I, genuinely wants you to have fun playing Nintendo. I don't buy it. <laughs> Wait, now you're. I, I, I look. I again. He's a handsome young man. I, I think he's selling me on him a little bit, but um, I still think uh, I don't trust propaganda. I think if anyone who's posting uh, comic books of themselves being perfect, I don't trust it. That's Howard, right? Yeah, they're in the cartoon later at the end of this. So, yeah, they, they bribed you to send in your survey with the players' poll by saying, you know, they had the contest. And some of these contests later on in the run of Nintendo Power are wild. Yeah, this one, this one was pretty, like, low level compared to, I, I think, the other ones. I think, if, I think their budget must have been smaller because they didn't know if this was going to work out. And they're like, well, we're already sending out a lot of these magazines. Yeah, I mean, it's we it, like again, like there's, I don't know, it's. I, I feel like sometimes I can be, too, I can personally be too critical on this stuff, but like I always just get weirded out by like weird prop, like stuff like this where it's like the point of this magazine to some level is taking advantage of kids. Yeah, uh, which I, you know, it's like it's it's spooky. Like this poll is literally like there's a porn in the poll is like, hey, what video games are you buying next? Like just implying like making kids already make the decision that they're going to buy these video games, and it's not just one. They ask you, what are the next five games you're going to buy? Yeah, no, they're, they're they priming like them. That. They're it's, priming them for that next trip to Toys R Us. And that's Howard. Howard, how could you do and this? And that's Howard doing it. I just. It's literally his job, though. They give him a check to know, get kids look, excited about buying games. 
<laughs> but Nestor's in on it too because you see him in the upper corner of the last page of that section. I just send yeah. in your entry. He's like, I'll send mine tomorrow. Tough. Like, I just feel like I would have uh, personally a hard time doing a job like this. I mean, aren't any, any enthusiast culture, you're going to have a, hey, you should buy some stuff as totally. part of it, right? Yeah, and I understand it being like a necessary mechanic behind it. It's time, just, time to get a new fishing lure for your totally, Fisherman yeah, like it, 7000. It's like, yeah, it's just tough. I like. I, I guess this is just something that I'm like. I, I understand why it exists, and I like. Maybe I don't, I don't. Well, would it make you feel better if you knew that during this era, Nintendo was selling something like twelve billion dollars a year in video games? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Does that make you feel better? They were doing fine. Yeah, no, they they were most of the market. Yeah, totally. Right. And like, yeah, no. So the stuff they were doing was working. I, I mean, I really probably guessed these power magazines probably boosted sales. It worked on me. <laughs> I mean, I, I was. We talked about how I read these magazines. It was like living vicariously through the magazine to play the games that I didn't have. Totally. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's like, I feel like specifically, which what essentially these magazines are is children marketing, which is just a weird, I guess, a weird zone. This is also of an era where, so I want to say in the 70s, you weren't allowed to advertise directly to kids. Oh, really? And in the 80s. Thanks, Ronald Reagan. Uh, you got to the point where I, I don't oh, think that was I don't Reagan, know. Was this a Reagan thing? In the Reagan era, the rules changed so that you were allowed to market to kids, and then you had all these Saturday morning cartoons that Gen Xers and uh, geriatric slash elder yep. millennials all remember fondly because the the cartoons existed to sell toys. Yep. So that's where you got your He Man's and your Transformers and your Ninja Turtles and your Ghostbusters and like. The Jim and the Holograms, my favorite. Yeah. Uh, women, like, girl-oriented yeah. property. <laughs> yeah, I guess we don't need to dive too, but it is, like, uh, yeah, it is, like, the fact, like, the, someone telling me there's a law where you can't advertise to kids, to me, I'm like, that makes sense. I get that. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that, yeah, I don't know. It, it, I, it is weird. So this this is definitely that era of, like, nah, man. Get, we're going. We're going all in. Get those kids into capitalist society. Get them excited about buying. <laughs> yeah, what Nintendo make, tapes you buy next, Fred? Trick them into t- telling us what the next five games they're going to buy is. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go to the world news. Let's move on. Nest Journal. Oh yeah, I actually thought this was a slightly interesting because they mentioned Dragon Quest here, where they're like, yeah, they're like, hey, we're localizing it. We're gonna and like in like it's almost like the hindsight of us knowing that that does so poorly but there's literally a quote they were like we'll see how this goes mm-hmm. and i'm just like oh yeah it goes terribly like people do not want to play this game which is weird because dragon quest yeah i guess i guess we're doing a podcast uh dragon quest is a uh, huge hit in japan like it's like one of the i, I don't know do you know anything like, about these games it's like that in final fantasy i i remember so i didn't get this issue of nintendo power but every time a dragon quest came out yeah they would have some picture of a bajillion Japanese otakus like around the block of their video game store and they just took a week off work and played the new Dragon Quest. That's how big those games are. Yeah, totally. Or like, were. Um, they still are, right? I mean, to my knowledge, like they still are huge hits in Japan, but they just always have been where that's like a new thing. Like, I mean, still here, like I don't think, unless you're like, I feel like most people don't really know what Dragon Quest Dragon is. Dragon Quest right? is not as big. Final Fantasy is big here Huge, now. Because of 7. And it didn't but, used to be. But yeah, yeah, when 7 came out, that's when things switched over. There was some heat in the Nintendo and Super Nintendo era, but it wasn't 
you know, around the block lines, people are like, totally. I, I broke my leg. And the work's like, no, you didn't. You've got Dragon Quest. I'll see you Tuesday. Have you ever called off work for a video game or school or anything like that? I remember just like towards the end of high school being like, and we're not going to do this today. And I just drove to my friend's house and played Dead or Alive 3. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a fun game to just call work for. <laughs> you were just horny. Uh, uh, that wait, that, let's, that let's, game has legitimate fighting game techniques. It's not the beach volleyball one. Oh, is it not? That I is a real the beach volleyball one. There are a lot of there are bouncing titties in Dead or Alive Three. It's true, but uh, as you all know, it's all about the counters. There, there's a sophisticated counter system that gives that game a fresh feel. I I think I've called off twice. When Little Big Planet Two came out, I didn't go to school. Interesting. Um, and then when Breath of the Wild came out. Um, not to my knowledge, I did not, Little Big Planet 2, I like planned it. Like my parents actually, my dad was like, yeah, you can take school off for, for this day, which was cool. What? Um, parents never would have let me do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty fun day. Um, and then uh, for Breath of the Wild, I literally just bought the game, honestly, kind of on a whim and stayed up all night playing it. And yeah. then just was like, I'm going to, I immediately like had the glimmer in my eye where I was immediately like, I'm not going to. I just I just had a moment, no no thought no guilt I was immediately like I'm not I'm not gonna go to work today. It's totally justified. That game one of my favorite games the last like five years maybe yeah. one of my favorite games ever. It was the first time I like felt like I was playing a game and it's like oh it has me completely. I have stayed up overnight playing games. The first thing that comes to mind is Star Wars Galaxy uh, Galaxies. So, unfortunately, the, <laughs> the MMO game from like the early 2000s. So this is more you like losing sleep. To like for a day, for yeah, like skipping obligations, fucking around on Star Wars Galaxies with my friends, didn't sleep. Now I have to go to work and I'm exhausted. <laughs> okay, I, yeah, I feel like that's the Dragon Quest, huge game in Japan. People don't skip work and then it fails every time. If every single time it came over here, it failed. I feel like they sell okay, they're just not huge, right? right? Or is that okay? Maybe I'm wrong. Like, I, I thought they were like flops. Yeah, well, the quote they said in this was, anyways. It will be quite interesting to see the reaction to the U.S. market once this is converted into an NES game. And it's just like, yeah, you, you do not know how bad this is going to go. I don't think... I, I remember renting Dragon's Quest, or Dragon Warrior. Okay, yeah. I, I definitely fought some slimes, and I got a little ways into it over a couple of days, but I didn't buy it. That's true. It, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, here's what I want to point out in this section. They have a events thing here, way down at the bottom of page 93, the Konami Awards Top Gun title. So this is, it's a couple of little thumbnail pictures, but basically they got some finalist expert kid Top Gun players to, uh, they went to some event in, what, San Diego or something? And the military was involved, so they put them in some F-14s and stuff. <laughs> and wait, is that true, or is this, is this just the language really misleading? Because there's pictures of them in front of jets, like on an aircraft carrier. You can see the bridge behind them. Anyways, the point I want to say, the point I wanted to make with this is you have a picture of all the contest finalists. It says, giving the thumbs up signal R from right to left, Jay Laughlin, Devin White, Mr. Yamaguchi of Konami, Jack Sprague, Marvin Hinston, uh, Emil Heidkamp of Konami. You know what this means? What? Those guys got themselves a trip to an aircraft carrier that happened to be a contest for kids. Oh, really? This oh. is fun. We all got to go to Hawaii for this event. Oh man, okay. So you're 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 saying it seems like the people who who created the event are the ones who went on the event. 
I am saying it seems j'accuse ja- uh, to the Konami team. I think the Konami team wanted to go hang out with some airplanes. Yeah, and they put this contest together. Oh, that's super interesting. That's my theory. Yeah, they have a movie section next, which is weird. Yeah, all these '80s magazines. I don't know. So what's fun is how few of these movies I actually know. I've yeah. never seen Pee Wee's Big Top. I have not either. It's it's weird. See, I mean, Pee Wee. He's not like he like hit some weird stuff. Yeah, we know him as the scandal guy, as opposed to who he was in the seventies and eighties. Is this like huge? Yeah, totally. Comic like, personality. I see him as like, and I almost feel like my image of him is blowing up the scandal bigger than it. Like, what's the, the scandals of some weird movie? It's like masturbating stuff, right? in a video store, right? Yeah, and like I don't know. I feel like there's bigger scandals out there. It's not. That's not like a it seems cat. pretty tame by modern standards. Yeah, I feel like we've got much like. Uh, I feel like it's the fact that he was doing that, but he was also a children's uh, icon is the weird part. That's got to be it. I feel like if it was just like any, if it was like Tom Cruise, like got caught, I don't know. I I feel like it wouldn't like make it super, super, like I feel like Pee Wee Herman's super weird because it's the scandal plus he's a children's guy. I remember when that happened and it like through the grapevine, i.e. my parents told me or something what had (laughs) happened and I was like, (gasps) oh. How yeah. did I find out about it? that? Doesn't it seem like they, something they would tell me though? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I didn't like figure it out live on the spot. I just eventually like because Pee Wee's Hermit, Pee Wee's Pee Wee. If you want to come on the podcast, we'd love to have. I, you. Honestly, I've got no problem with Pee Wee. I, I mean, Pee Wee are good. I, I feel honestly, like, yeah, it, the whole thing seems. I bet. I bet he's. I bet it's like a Sinead O'Connor thing where we have it all wrong, and he's actually not a creep. I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. Mm. Like. I, yeah, I guess that's a tough thing to like. I, I guess, but like, he, so what? He just like masturbated in a in a in a movie theater once, right? It was it was, it was a video an, rental. It store. was an adult theater. Yeah. I mean, oh, was it an adult theater? I thought he was like in a, like. An they adult have him on the theater. security camera. Here, what's what we got? Paul Rubens, nineteen ninety one arrest, masturbating publicly in an adult theater. You're right. Yeah, that's not crazy. Detectives would periodically visit pornographic theaters and observe the audience. Arresting those engaged in what those dire- detectives considered indecent exposure. Isn't that the point of being at a, you're in an adult theater? This is like before, this is before our time. So it's not like our, our experience. Like if, if we want pornography, you could have it in the privacy of really wherever you are. And, and back then you had to like go to a theater and not like, you're just supposed to like hold that energy and remember it. Just hold it and <laughs> go home. Like, I feel like I just, I'd be crying. That's uh, so mean. Yeah. I feel like I, if anything, I'm. Yeah, I feel like Pee Wee kind of got the short end of like bad publicity. Yeah, the show was canceled for other reasons. But actually, my exposure to Pee Wee's Playhouse was when it was on Adult Swim. Huh. Yeah. That sounds great. I didn't know it was on Adult Swim. Oh, you didn't know that? It was no. on Adult Swim for quite a while. Hell yes. It, it fits right along with the other live action shows like Dream Core and yeah, was totally. it Eagle Heart. It, it's like, it's, watching an episode of that from beginning to end is, is, a, is a riot. Oh, man. Um, yeah. yeah, this is totally, see, I totally had the wrong, whatever people told me was worse than the actual thing. Yeah. This is totally. That doesn't seem crazy. I who mean, like, cares? It's like, you're at an adult theater. Like what? I feel like that'd be like, oh, Pee Wee Herman put his hands up while riding the Raging Bull roller coaster at. How at, fucking did Yeah, it's like, you oh. Saw, oh you he, saw what you did, Pee. He did a reaction to the thing he was experiencing. You're, you're under arrest for being a human being. Yeah, man, I, I that would be what 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 time period was that? It's the it's the eighties. Nineteen ninety is what it said. Yeah, I don't know. I, okay, 
This Players Forum interview with Kirk and Candace Cameron is really something. Uh, yeah, there's a couple. So are we on the mailbox now? Uh, players Forum. Okay. Although th- this is a great lead-in to the mailbox because here's what I think about Kirk Cameron. Kirk Cameron didn't say any of this stuff. <laughs> let's, see, let's see one of his quotes here. Oh, man. I'm having problems getting past the amoeboids, meatballs with arms, in Gradius, explained Kirk. I think that I'll have, a, have to place a call to the game counselor soon. He didn't fucking say that. Yeah, more propaganda. Uh, Kirk Cameron, star of Left Behind. I don't, I don't even know who Kirk Fundamentalist Cameron is. Christian Kirk Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea who Kirk Cameron is. Uh, he's the brother of Candace Cameron from Full House, and there's oh. a great little picture of the Full House cast here. <laughs> Kirk's problem is not that he cannot play great Gradius, it's that he doesn't play video games. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's enjoying life, he's too busy. According to Candace, the NES is popular in the set of Full House. Unfortunately, she can't play because she's too busy working. I play a lot at home, though. A few of their current favorite games include Rygar, Super Mario Brothers, Legend of Zelda. Eh. I, I could buy that they're like playing games. Like I, I don't buy that they. Um, for for example, you know how you said like I was privileged to like when I'm stuck on a game, I'll just stop playing. Right. I'm guessing these people were also in a situation where they have, if 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 they're celebrity stars, they probably have a hundred video games. So the idea that he would get stuck in a video game and ask for help is ridiculous. Because why wouldn't he just grab a different video game? I feel like you, you keep coming back to this concept of, like, the real problem is that they don't just quit and play something else like I do. <laughs> but, like, how, how would he not be in that scenario? Yeah, it, it seems like... I feel like they got the interview, and he's like, oh, yeah, I play video games. I'm like, which ones do you like? I don't know, Jump, jump Guy and uh, Nintendo. And they're like, uh, okay, we're just going to make some stuff up. I, I agree. I'm, I'm agreeing. I think there's just holes in this story. All right, Mailbox... Mailbox. So then the mailbox is like just fan letters, essentially. Like just wrote. yeah, some of them might be real. Okay, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read this, and you just tell me if you think this is real. Okay. If you're like I am, that is crazy about martial arts. The Legend of Kage is the game for you. I don't see how they get all this fun and adventure on one game pack capitalized. In the game, you are Kage. A young ninja warrior. This is, by the way, a, a Legend of Zelda, like Legend of Kage, yeah, that never okay. caught on here. Shoot. A young ninja warrior with one dangerous task to save the shogun's daughter, Princess Kiri, from the clutches of the evil warlord, Yuki. On your journey, you will encounter evil ninjas, capitalized. Yeah. Fire breathing monks, and even Yuki's right. I'm just going to skip ahead because. This is pretty heartbreaking for me. Sound fun? Think you have what it takes? Purchase The Legend of Kage, a game which you will treasure. Mikhail uh. Johnson? Durham, North Carolina. Oh no, you're so right. I, I did, did you read that one? <laughs> no, and I, I I kind of fell in love with a couple of these senders, and I'm realizing they're all fake people. I don't think they're all fake. Ah, that well, one's fake. I think the tough thing is this is the first issue, so how would they know to send the mail, or would it be based off the letters? The only way this is real, well, because the Fun Club had letters. Okay, so okay, so it's like so they might have had some stuff left over. There's definitely a prompt from the Fun Club that comes up in a in the next part of the mailbox. But yeah, man. That's there's okay, so there's a June Mayfield. Yeah, the like June grandma who like bought a system for her kid and like when the kid was gone was like getting really into the system and would play it. And then like 
the kid eventually took the system and she was immediately like, oh, shit, I need to buy a new system for myself because, like, I'm super into this. And she's, like, talking about she thinks it'll be cool that her grandson thinks uh, it's going to be so cool that she's, like, really into gaming and stuff. And it's, like, super sweet. And it's probably fake. I don't know. Like, that that's a little heartbreaking. Yeah, I wrote in my notes, June Mayfield also isn't real. Or I don't know, maybe. Yeah, because, like, now that I remember it, the response from Nintendo is, like, they're, they're, like, they were saying... You're right. We think games... Everyone should play video games. Yeah, their response was like, oh, we know you are out there, you... Uh, wow, thank you for being real and an and old lady who likes games. Oh, man. 55 isn't old. No, 55 isn't, but, like, the idea that there's, like, this fun gram... Like, that was fake. Oh, man, my heart, like, sank. That was such a heart... That was, the, that was my heartwarming moment of this magazine. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like that one's a toss-up. I... Mikhail Johnson, not real. There is a guy also Michael who Johnson? is claiming that... No, now that you mention it, these all do kind of sound like ads because there's one kid that I was like in my brain making fun of because he was talking about how he thinks the double dribble basketball game was making him a better basketball player. Aw. Which was... That's cute. <laughs> I know, super funny. But also, is that fate? Was Is that them trying to like... Say, hey, if you're into basketball, play this basketball video. Hold on tight to the, the part of this that speaks to your soul. I know. Otherwise, I got, this is going to become I, I'm going to fall apart. I've got to pretend June is dark real. Dark podcast. I think June is real. I'm, I'm with you. I need to be more positive about this. We need to say June June is real. That's, that's the only one I need to be real, to be honest. I think the rest could be fake. Okay, I, do, I just want to throw this out here. Is it possible that we are seeing a a lost art form, which is the art of writing a letter. <laughs> and we're like, this didn't never happened. Nobody yeah. wrote like this because I, I look at Jason, Jason Newt's thing. Metroid has to be one of the best games ever made. At least the most challenging. Anyone who plays this game cannot say it's easy. You really have to, you know, so he's just basically talking about how good Metroid is and, and how like, he likes it. The one you said that was like, kind of like an ad. I could picture like a six year old writing in that way. Or like, a, like, I feel like when I was six, I, when I would describe a game, I would literally just say what the game is. You're Mario, and you jump on people, and you're in the Mushroom Kingdom, and you get mushrooms and get bigger. You know? Like, maybe that's, like, I think there is a certain age range that would uh, talk like that, right? I think also, well, and in, in, to your point, like, in Jason's case, he's following the one, two, three, four. It's four paragraphs, but it's like that five-paragraph essay format you learn in school, or at least oh. that we learned in school, where it said, I'm going to describe uh-huh. X doing X, Y, and Z, point X, point Y, point Z. Now I have done these writing is fun turn that turn that shit in and go to your next class yeah i don't know and like i could honestly the june mayfield scenario of the grandma who learned how to play the game she also learned how to write essays in school but i can also see that like i don't know i I buy that story okay do you want to move on to the um we've got some rodolfo send in your letters i feel like i sent in a letter one time but they didn't print it (laughs) Yeah, I don't. Was, uh, there's a lot of like areas of this magazine that I skip, like the NES archivers. I'm just, it just seems like. Cheever, you send in, so you send in a Polaroid of oh. your screen as you get a high score. Oh, and so this is like people being like, "This is how dope I am at golf." Oh, and that's kind of cool. Alley. And uh, Howard Phillips is back, telling people to send in their scores with a bow tie. <laughs> how old do you think he is in this? He's like, he what, looks pretty young. I got twenty eight. I could I could see thirties. This is thirty, early thirties. Yeah, I'd say that looks like a man in his early thirties. He looks happy and like a human being here. You know how can you how can you not like this guy? He just wants you to be good at video games. 
We'll see. I actually, I would be. I feel like Howard has a scandal under his belt. Uh, what's his last name? <laughs> Do we know his last name? Phillips. Phillips. Yeah, I have his uh... scandal. <laughs> no, he's got a he's got a clean record. He seems like an entirely decent human being. I think that's uh, the the wiring he did to your brain as a kid. Speaking, I think that's Howard. Spe- I think that's Howard's strings. I think playing you like a puppet. There's plenty of people from this era of games that we would find out are like Machiavellian monsters who are like cutthroat. And I just don't. I just don't think Howard Phillips is that guy because yeah. he he's like an underling. Like he started out <laughs> at a warehouse and like, hey, buddy, you're really good at this. You want to be the face of the company? And then you know the people who are doing like the really evil stuff, like making it so that you have to buy. You think that was Nestor? <laughs> Nestor is, is the amalgamation of all of the business and finance people behind the scenes at Nintendo who came up with the scheme to force you to buy their game packs to put your game on it and made it so you can only release like one game a year. There's uh, If you've never read Console Wars, there, there's yeah, a bunch I of... I don't know about that. that so Nintendo made enemies pretty easily because when they controlled the market, they did all this stuff to make more money and to kind of control the quality and the flow of the games. Yeah. And Sega came along and was able to eat their lunch because everyone was so sick of Nintendo's behavior, which oh, wow. over the history of the games industry, you see that over and over, like the top dog gets arrogant. And then, you know, so Sony people think about yeah, people talk about that with Sony, right? Yeah. Now. The PS, the PS2 era, certainly. And it's kind of happening again. I mean, they went with PS4. I mean, PS4 was probably the strongest of the newest consoles, right? Or the last generation? Yeah, it was definitely the top seller, and it was because in the previous generation, Microsoft was on top. So Sony was like, we got to come back. And it kind of, I feel like people, uh, I, I don't know, I'm not super in tune with this stuff, but it sounds like people think Microsoft's going to reflip with the Game Pass and stuff. It's, yeah, it sounds like it's going that way. Yeah. It really does. So it's, it's the, That's like the constant yeah. ebb and flow. It's just, it's just you get cocky. You, you, get, you, you constantly, you're, you, like it's, it's like a pendulum of becoming Howard than becoming Nestor. <laughs> <laughs> next, next segment. <laughs> Enough of this. Video spotlight. All right, this is it. This is what we, we came this here is, for. Hey, everyone. We all get it. You're all fast forwarding to this part. This is this is the dish. You, you put up you put up with a uh, with a, f- a full a full plate a full meal of uh, podcast here. It was, it was all worth it because we got this, we got the top thirty, and we're set. Yeah. Right. <laughs> video spotlight. The spotlight's on you. These players wrote in to tell us about their video prowess. We think you'll agree they all qualify as power players. So this is kids writing in to talk about their video game clubs. And who the dopest player in the club is. And I just, I want you to do a dramatic reading of your favorite one. And I'm going to do a dramatic reading of of my favorite one. Okay, yeah, here. Uh, I'm down. Um, I would say, I mean, the thing is, I feel like I'm biased because there's just one kid who has like a photo that's really funny. And his name is Ace Ebb. This kid's so dope. And he's just got his like oh. arms crossed like a badass. He's leaning against like his family's like the side table in his living room. Yeah, like I don't know. There's something funny about like a really like because uh, like I, I the idea of this like gamer who's really good at video games and really gaining like a massively cocky attitude about it. Yeah, is the, super these kids. Funny. These kids, these kids are not holding back. They th- they have think very fucking high, highly of themselves. If you remember that movie, The Wizard, where they walk in on that that blonde kid and he's playing uh, Rad Racer with a power glove, and he's like, "The power glove, it's so bad," and everyone's like, "Oh shit, 
Yeah. That kid, that 12-year-old is so dope. Every one of these kids... Like, are trying to be that kid. Yeah. No, they are that kid. That kid was trying to be them. He's an actor. He was not... He didn't know... He wasn't playing Rad Racer, the Power Glove. None of these kids do that. They're real power players. I, what, what, what entails a dramatic reading? Is it just... Um, do I have to become ASAP? I don't think I could. I don't well, think... So, I don't think a, a single bone in my body could be as cocky as this kid is. What's important to point out here is this letter is attributed to the name of the club which is the NES Masters. So we actually don't know who wrote it, but I think it's a safe bet. Oh, well, oh okay, so this is a kid talking about ASAP. Yeah, this, this is, is another oh, kid wow. talking oh. about the dopest kid. Oh, that recontexts his... this. So this isn't even this kid being cocky. This kid just fucking rules. This kid's like the coolest kid on the block. That's how you read it. That's totally it. Yes. Okay. All right. Our club is called the NES Masters. We know right off who our power player is. His name is Ace Ebb. Oh, shit! <laughs> he Ace. writes to Nintendo all the time, telling his accomplishments on games. His hobbies are playing Nintendo games, period. He has no pets. Instead, he plays Nintendo all day. All day. He beat Metroid in three days. Three Tyson days. in five. Five. He saved Zelda in five. Five. And he finished Mario Bros. in five. NES Masters, Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> Ace Ebb. Ace Ebb. Yeah, and Ace Ebb looks dope as shit. That kid is so badass in this picture. I love it. You know how we were talking about earlier of like a mystique to games? Mm-hmm. Like uh, like having all these secret codes and like creating this like deeper mystery to it? I feel like that's what Ace Ebb is. I feel like he's this like deeper, darker, like you mysterious force that will always be greater and grander than he, me. He's the projection on the wall in Plato's The Republic. He's the ideal of being a power player. You, <laughs> you can try to be Ace Ebb, and you will never be him. Yeah, it's like, yeah, totally. He's a, he, I would say Ace Ebb is a bigger-than-life figure. And I feel like internet rumors and stuff, mm-hmm. if we were to really do digging, right? he might not be. I mean, there's a picture of him. He might be like a person, like, like he has a, there's a picture of him, there's... He's, 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 he's in his, in his yearbook, there's pictures of him. There's like, he's part of a sports club. He's got parents out there. Like there's people are talking about him, but if we really looked for him, I don't think we'd find him. So he's like Polybius, but as a person, yeah, like, yeah. like the arcade game that made people go crazy. What? The, the urban legend. Yes. Yes. Totally. Like okay, I think so Ace Ebb doesn't. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think he'd be like kind of like a ghost like figure. I have a different take. Okay. Really? Like, this go, is my go take. For it. This letter. Written by ASAP. <laughs> Shoot. And then he just signed it, NES Masters. He's not in a club. <laughs> he just wants some cred. He made up his own, like, posse to talk him up. He, I, yeah, that would be true. I buy it. It's... But to be fair, who took the picture? If he has, if he doesn't actually have a posse, who took do, the picture? Do you think he could, like, have, like, a timer on a camera? <laughs> It definitely wasn't his mom. It was, uh, it, was, it was a camera on a tripod with a timer. <laughs> Ace Ebb, it turns out, uh, doesn't even have parents. I, I, here, I would say here's where our theories do entwine. Okay. Is that Ace Ebb isn't real. It's either, it's either he's not real, like, legitimately, like he's a ghost, or he's not real in that... Or an ideal. Or an ideal, yes. Or he's, uh, he's uh, a virus... <laughs> The mind virus. <laughs> He's a plot twist. Yeah. Uh, 
Or, uh, or Aseb is a flat circle. He's, uh, or he's just a kid who's creating the image for himself. Aseb's trying to justify uh, all the friends he hasn't made to his parents. I think no matter what, I think we're believing that Aseb did not beat Tyson in five. Do you think beating Mike Tyson in five days as a, um, how old is he, 12? Yeah, he looks 12-ish. That seems like a feat. I mean, if he did do it, if, if, if straight up, if I would say if, if Ace Ebb as a 12-year-old beat Mike Tyson punch out in five days and he looks and, he, and he's 12, I think he deserves all of it. I think if he's having to do it himself, well, you know what? He does, I think he's giving himself the credit he deserves. We have some time frames in the, in the letter I'm about to read, so maybe we can compare and contrast. Okay, yeah, go for it. And see, and see like, how realistic those numbers seem. Um, my, my letter is by one Brian Mosley. Put his actual name on the letter, but he did not say where he's from, so he's probably also not real. The power player where we live is a fellow by the name of Kevin Stevens. Ooh. He can break all the records. He has solved Super Mario Bros. in two weeks, The Legend of Zelda in one week and five days, Metroid in three. These are not as good as ASAP. You're right. He's probably better. I, no, I think ASAP's a lion. Kid Icarus in one weekend. Kevin Stevens rocked the shit out of that game. Renegade in one weekend. That's pretty good. Top Gun in one month. That's pretty bad. Mega Man and Rygar in less than four days. He's not bad. He is looking forward. Now, here's where it gets real good. Kevin Stevens wants an in with Nintendo. <laughs> he is looking forward to your new game packs. Contra, Gauntlet, Ikari Warriors 2, Super Mario Bros. 2, and Double Dragon. He's an official member of the Nintendo Fun Club, and his favorite game is Ikari Warriors because of teamwork. Oh, damn. He says he's played Sega, one of your rivals around here, but said Sega doesn't come close to <laughs> Nintendo. Ooh. One reason for this is because Nintendo gets all the arcade hits. The phrase, now you're playing with power, is very true to him. Some of his tips and secrets. So he, he breaks down some tips from his games uh, to prove that he, he knows what he's doing. Although I will point out that his tip for Mega Man is use other men's weapons to defeat each other. <laughs> Which is, I mean, that is how you beat Mega Man. Yeah, I guess that's the premise. He's not, he's not wrong. The tip on Zelda is to grab that sword. Rygar, have a lot of health. <laughs> All right. Kevin Stevens bullied this kid, Brian, into talking him up to Nintendo. <laughs> or, yeah, maybe they're just true friends. Do you think when you were a kid, did you have like a fan? Like, were you a fanboy of one side? I definitely, I was a Nintendo kid. Like, I, I played some Sega games at friends' places. Do you get, like, it's like, I guess, like, I always, like, whenever someone's like, oh, I'm Nintendo or die, I, like, almost, like, think, like, oh, are they, is this, like, fake? But, like, I, I forget people have that attitude. Like, I, I feel like I've never had school spirit. I've never had, like, spirit in my country. <laughs> I've never had spirit, like, <laughs> in video games. Like, I just never understood, like, the, so this you, is you my don't, team. You don't have an identity you aggressively need to defend that is defined by a video game company. Yes, or anything. Yeah. That's weird. Why not? <laughs> Do you, do, do you feel like you've ever, like, dived into that kind of mentality at all? No, I always thought it was dumb. What comes to mind for me is by the time I was in high school, I would spend a lot of time at my friend Tom and Brad's house, the, the brothers, and they always had just piles of game systems because they had techie parents who wanted to enable their video game needs. So yeah. they And they had everything. You know, I remember... I want to say I borrowed Tom's PS1 to play some Final Fantasy VIII when it came out. So I was pretty agnostic. I was about like, hey, when, how can I, what games do I need to play? I need to play Zone of the Enders because it's 
animated giant robot fights. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Well, I guess I need to get a hold of a PlayStation 2. So you were just getting whatever you could. Yeah, I, I was in it for... I, I specifically wanted game experiences, and I was kind of... I didn't really care how... Although, you know, as an adult, I did buy an Xbox over a PS2. But that was to play Halo 2 again, so it's like... It's a game first. Yeah, totally, yeah. I feel like that's always how it is for me. Like, I actually, like, I, I feel like I liked Xbox's vibe a little bit less as a kid. Like, mm-hmm. it, just, it was a little, like, um, Halo, talk trash. Like, you know, the, like, it was a lot of, it was yeah. a little more toxic, in my opinion. And Be- I, because of people like me. Yeah. <laughs> as I was talking about over the break, about how I was one of those people on headsets on Xbox Live being a jerk to kids. And, like, yeah, and, like, I was the kid who would just, like, I would play for, like, a day and be like, Okay, well, I'm not going to play this. Like, why would I play this game? I'm sorry we were so mean to you. <laughs> we just thought it was funny. I didn't play. I never played online, though, really. Like, I, with games in general. Like, I feel like I'm playing video games. I'm like, okay, I'm doing this to not be social. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely, by the time, even when I was younger as an adult, I did not have, I want to play Guitar Hero. Because, you know, this is, like, right after college for me. So, like, the mid-aughts. And I was like... Well, I guess I need a PS2, so I made that happen, and I was like, let's go get some Guitar Hero, played the hell out of that game. Okay, that was sweet. Oh, man. Bring back plastic instruments. We need them. I had to buy real ones. This is bullshit. (laughs) All right. Yeah, do we have anything else on the video spotlight? Is there any, maybe another secret dramatic reading at some point? Yeah, maybe stick around after the credits of the episode, and we'll have a... Maybe a little bonus. We'll have a bonus. Well, yeah, this is just a very simple top 30 games. Yeah. what What are the top... 30 games right now. What are kids playing? It's how What's we finish it out. I feel like, hey, do you, do you want to, how do we want to do this? Do you want to present these? Yeah, I, I, could, I could go through them. I, I think this is cool. How many, do we want to do the full 30? I feel like that might be a little excessive. Do you want to just do top five, top 10? If you want to like maybe go 10 to one. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, yeah. Building up to that number one spot. Every month it's going to be like, what's the number one game? We'll, we'll see. And what, these, these are like Nintendo Fun Club and in the future, Nintendo Power Kids sending in their their card. Number ten is Double Dribble. Do you think it deserves the ten spot? Yeah, yeah. This and uh, Blades of Steel. Those are fun sports games. Okay. All right. Then at number nine is Top Gun. I'm gonna guess that's just licensing sale. Like people are playing it because it's Top Gun, the game. Top Gun's not great. Yeah. At number eight, Rad Racer. I don't know what that is. I liked Rad Racer, but it was before my time. Nobody knew what it was. Yeah, a lot of these games are before my head. But number seven, ice hockey. Hey, look at that. Sports games, like, people are playing them. Love, love ice hockey, conceptually. Honestly, I, I would say for sports games, I think hockey seems to be my favorite for sports games. Blades of Steel, it looks like it wasn't out when this issue came out, but you could get into fistfights at Blades of Steel. You could yeah. put a guy in the hospital, and then he couldn't play for the other team anymore. I, I think the reason hockey games are fun is because in the actual sport of hockey, there's a lot of nonsense going on. <laughs> right. Shenanigans, Canadian yeah, shenanigans. shenanigans. Yeah, number six is the RC Pro AM. So it's like one of those like top down like kind of half three D uh, racing games. It's a fun re- job. Remote control, remote control racers. Yeah, this is one of those. Oh, what's that off road game? There's, yeah, there's a lot like a of like isometric. I hate these. Games. Oh, I love micro these games. machines. Oh, man, it's like yeah, it's like. The world's kind of 3D, but you kind of, like, everyone shares the same screen. Like, it's not Mario Kart where you're split screen and seeing different things. Like, yeah, it's, it's just like a bi- screen where you can see all the cars at the same time. It's good good multiplayer stuff, but... Nah. Oh, really? I, that's, it's kind of a pleasure. It's a pleasure of mine. <laughs> it's, number five, Kid Icarus. All right. That's, that seems like a good game. I've never played it. it seems fun. Number it, four. It's not as... It's like Metroid and Zelda because it came out at the same time. 
It's not as good. It's not as good. Uh, I'm sorry, Kid Icarus fan. <laughs> Super Mario Bros. number four. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad they're... I wonder how long Super Mario Bros. sticks in the top ten. Because it's pretty old at this point. It's how old... It's, it came, came out the system. So I want to say in Japan, it was like 83, 84 it came out. So it came out with the launch here in 85. So that would be... This would be like three or No, years 86. Old? I just looked it up. It's 1986. So it would be when, two years old. So it's two years in the library. Yeah, in uh, 85, they were doing the New York City test market. I would say a launch title lasting this long in the top five is pretty impressive, though. It's one of the greatest games ever made. Yep, it is. Number three would be Metroid. Metroid's which, good. I loved Metroid. Like, honestly, these top... Like, they're at the point where, like, this game system's been out for, what, two years? And, like, fucking bang. Like, some real good games at this point. Like, yeah. Number two, Punch-Out. Hell yeah, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Punch out. No Mr. Dream here. <laughs> Is there was there a punch out before this that was not Mike Tyson's punch out? There was a punch out after where they replaced Mike Tyson with a knockoff Mike Tyson named Mr. Dream. <laughs> and then number one, the spot. The Legend of Zelda. The Legend of Zelda. Legend of Zelda. It probably should be here for the rest of the NES library. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Uh one one more note about this. There well, I don't know how much we need to talk about this, but there are top thirties that break out the rankings for everything. So you have players picks, pros picks and dealers picks. And based on the pictures, what we can assume players picks are actual children. Yep. Pros picks are grown men who play Nintendo and or game counselors. Dealers picks. Not really sure. My guess is this is, I think this might be like the store chains, like Kmart. Kmart's guy is like, yeah, I love RC pro. And we sell a ton of those. Because it is a man in a suit. It's a pretty clean cut. It, it really does. It, it's a wild... It, yeah, it seems like it's the sellers of games. Yeah. So it's, you know, an ice hockey's number two. So it's like, why'd you vote for those? It's like, yeah, moms and dads can't get enough of buying their, their children ice hockey, <laughs> I guess. Send more crates of ice hockey <laughs> to the Kmart and Milpitas. It's, yeah, it's weird. Like... It's, this would make sense. I feel like the adults, the pros picks, are actually picking, like... I feel like Metroid would be lower on a child's list, because it would be too hard. Yeah, how do you split out pros and dealers? Dealers surely wouldn't want to see only one hit, it says at the bottom. And that makes me strongly think this is actually... This is literally, like, people who own game stores. That, that's what it, I mean. It, that's really what it Montgomery seems like. Ward I think it's loves wild. Rad I, Racer. I think it's wild if they did not bother to explain these three categories. Sears, the purchaser at Sears, huge fan. Like it, I almost of thought Goonies too. That for a second I was like, oh, maybe they've like established in earlier issues what this, these three categories means. But this is the first issue. They did not like even slightly bother. Maybe we'll find out with the Fun Club that this is a thing that they did. Yeah, that's a good point. Dealers, I can't wait. To hear what the retail chains think of next month's, <laughs> or the, in two months. Yeah, I feel like they're just going off like box art. All right, should we finish it out? Yeah, I think we fin- We get a nice little like signature from the... Damn um, it! Howard, leave us alone! The, um, there he is again. Howard had, Man himself. He opened a briefcase. Howard Phillips owned a briefcase. I guess this was an era where briefcases were normal. Yeah. If you work at an office now, you bring in a messenger bag, baby. Because <laughs> you rode your fixie there. Yeah, briefcases really aren't. In, like, people don't use them at all. Hey, you know, you know what I'm excited about for next issue? What's up? Bayou Billy's here. The Adventures of Bayou Billy. Uh, do they tell you what the next um, 
Yeah, if you go to it's the next page after the top Ooh, 30. Simon's Quest. Yeah, this is Castlevania 2. Bionic Commando, also a good game. I, yeah, I think we got some fun things to look forward to. And honestly, a great little photo coming out of this. It's like a little like 80s like glowing um, TV. Oh, yeah. And it's a bunch to... of children jumping into the TV. Like they're going to get sucked into another world. Yeah. But also... A dog. There's a little dog with him. Which is perfect because you, I've shown you the opening to Captain and the Game Master. Yeah. The, apparently, Nintendo Marketing knew that the family dog has to be a part of any video ah, game journey. Any, like, old, like, any, like, kind of campy thing. If there's a dog that's kind of, like, treated as a human, it always works. All right. It always works for me. I have an important final question for you. Because this is an ad to subscribe to Nintendo Power. <laughs> Would you, if this was the issue that you got for free? As like a kid? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I need hot tips for my, my games, my, my yeah. NES tapes. Like anything that, like I Tips for my tapes. I would go to the books fair, like in, in middle school, and they would just like, there'd just be like a book full of game Wait, sheets. Did you call it the books fair? Book fair? Oh, book, the that, book fair. Book fair is normal. The I, books fair. All right, I think I'm out of, I, I, I literally have nothing else to say about this magazine. I, I hope, we are at the end. I hope Howard and Nestor uh, both burn in hell. <laughs> Nestor, buddy, you can redeem yourself. I, I believe, Nestor, I think you can do this. I think you can redeem yourself. We'll see. we'll see. Yeah, it's a bad foot for Howard and Nestor. We'll see if it's they... A ba- so far off to a bad start. <laughs> but maybe they can pull it out. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think we should always end with our podcast with, like, how are we currently feeling about Howard and Nestor? <laughs> Not good. So, yeah, I would say on a 1 to 10, I'm currently at a 2. I'm going to give Howard a 2. Are you ranking? Okay, you're ranking him individually. Yeah. All right. Um, That's fine. Actually, I'm going to give Howard a 2, and I'm (laughs) going to give Nestor a (laughs) 1. I'm going to get... So the lowest score is 1, right? Yeah. All right. I'm going to go with... I'm going to give Howard a 3. Because I, I relate to him as an adult. I feel like I understand him because, yeah, I've been the face of a company that makes I, – I, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I, all right. I, I like you defending Howard. Honestly, if you've made him more than a three, I wouldn't judge you for it. No, he's a three. Okay. And Nestor is definitely a one. I would give him a lower <laughs> score if I could. I really – I don't like Nestor. <laughs> I don't find him threatening and I don't find him fun. So I don't know what's left for me. The, yeah. the, true, the true crime is not being evil. It's being boring. And Nestor, you – Nestor is boring. I agree. I agree because he's he's a mischievous kid who's like getting in trouble, but he's not even doing a fun job with it. I thought we said we weren't going to dunk on people, but Nestor's not real. Well, so Nestor's okay. not real. Howard is, I guess. But we're being, we're being a little lighter on Howard. My sincere hope is that Howard Phillips comes onto the show and he looks us straight in the eyes and he tells us a story with the degree of debauchery of like that Walt Disney after Snow White came out story where all the animators went to that place. Was it like Ontario or something? So it's like, it's like an hour from here maybe. And they had this bacchanalia like that went off the rails. It was super crazy. It's a bacchanalia. Oh, a, a big wine party, <laughs> a big drunk party with people falling out of windows and people hooking up and stuff. That that's, I want Howard to be like, look, you don't understand how crazy Nintendo was in 1988. I'm in. And we started a fire we couldn't put out. I, I'd bu- if Howard gave me a good story, a nice juicy story, I'd bump him up. Give him a four. One of our maintenance guys got shocked so bad from a copy of Radar Scope. 
like the submarine arcades that they had to turn into Donkey Kong that, you know, I, I don't know where that story is necessarily going. It stopped his heart, but the fall hitting the ground restarted it. <laughs> Something like that. I want, I want those stories. Yeah, I want, that's what I want. Yeah. I want Howard to have been dead for like officially called <laughs> dead for like a, a small period of time, but he yeah, came so back. Alive. Howard specifically was yeah electrocuted by a Donkey Kong machine while they were turning it from the, the radar scope machine in the Donkey Kong machine. <laughs> and that's when, that's when he started wearing the bow tie. He was a completely yeah. different person before that. And while he was like dead, he was in heaven as Nestor. That's where <laughs> Nestor... Um... Nestor met him no, in heaven. No, Nestor's, Nestor's in limbo at best. So okay, he was so you're he saying was... Howard didn't go to heaven. He went somewhere else I, I while say, he was dead. Uh, yeah, I want to say as ne- he became Nestor and was in limbo. Okay, so you're saying they're kind of the same person. It's like a Fight Club thing. I'm not going to commit to that yet, but I'm going to say potentially. So inside, inside of every Howard and inside of every true game master is a Nestor who sucks at games and hates getting advice and isn't terribly maybe, interesting. Maybe it, like, maybe it is. That, make, that makes him like him, me like him a little bit more. So that's actually what I need from Howard. For, for if I'm going to ever bump Howard above a two, I'm going to need to see uh, uh, maybe the Nestor side of him a little bit. <laughs> And, you know, to be fair, since you're, since you're doing Howard, like, how can he redeem himself? I just gave Nestor, Nestor a one, and so did you. Yeah, so we gave him How can Nestor redeem himself? I think what I want to see is, like, when Nestor gets a little straight-laced and, like, goes into the corporate world and becomes maybe, like, the, the voice of a company, I want to see a little more of Howard in Nestor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. I can't right. do this anymore. Now you're playing with podcasts. Now, now you're playing with podcasts. Playing with podcast. The podcast. Thanks. Um, Thank you for listening. We're really excited. (laughs) (laughs) The Now You're Playing with Podcast Podcast is brought to you by the Podcast Power Players Power Team. This issue's special mailbox reading was by Andy Petruzzo. Music by Games Cameron. Find back episodes. Send us emails and do cool stuff at our website, nowyourplaying.com. That's your with an E, because we know how to do grammar. Exclusive. In your 1988 Febmar edition, you asked for some power players. I think... I think I'm a very good player. My best game is Super Mario Bros. On my best game, I had 160 extra men with over 101,000 points without time warp. My fastest game without warping and saving a princess with 10 minutes and 23 seconds. I believe I found every single hidden surprise in the game. I have saved the princess four times in one game without losing more than two men. I have also never been beaten. I don't think, I'm not sure. But there is a better player at Super Mario Bros. than I am. I just hope that someday I found a better player because I always like play a good challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Troy Sullivan, Ray Moore Moot. <laughs>